Hello everyone, welcome to the Charge Shot Gamescast. Teacher and me friends gather around and talk about the things they've been playing. Uh, but this week, we're going to be doing the Game of the Year edition. Today I have with me Justin. Uh, so, quick question. Can, um, can an early 90s arcade title be my Game of the Year? Just asking for a friend. Yes. Cool. And Ben. No fighting games on this year's top 10. What? That's weird. And we have a special guest with us today, Tyler. I finally made it to one of these things. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I guess we'll just start from 10 and count our way up. We'll just go around. We'll, we'll do Justin. Are we not doing honorable mentions? Well, yeah, we'll do that too. But we'll start okay. with uh, Justin, Ben, Tyler, then myself. So... Justin, oh, Justin Ben Tyler, Justin Ben Tyler, Justin Ben Tyler, Justin Ben Tyler. Tyler, are you like next to a closet? Uh, yeah. Okay. I was confused what that like break was because I can't tell where your video ends and mine begins. Oh my god! Just I have it. a house elf that lives here, and he needs the air. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Cool. Anyway, very professional. What's going on? You go. <laughs> So angry. He's an angry ass. We got a long show. Let's let's move. This is gonna be a fucking show. long ass show. Let's go. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's fine. We could have started. Yes, it does. Some of us have to get up at five in the morning the next day. Well, that sucks kick, for some of us. We should just kick him out um, of the show right now. Alright, so I have I have my list in order now. So my I only have one honorable mention. Um and I only put it on here because <laughs> like it's basically just a, a remake. Like, there's not a lot new to it, but I still really liked it this year. Um, so, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Um, it's a game I actually, like, mostly got from my wife uh, for her birthday because she used to love this game on PlayStation 1. And so I got it for me, too, so we could kind of, like, play together and talk about it and stuff. It isn't a multiplayer, but, like, we can play it at the same time and compare farms and stuff. Um, so it's more sentimental value than anything. Because it's not a, a major upgrade from the original or anything. Um, but it's neat. Like, it's a modernized version of one of my favorite Harvest Moon games. Uh, so, it's it's still worth a shout-out. But it wouldn't have made the list otherwise. So, uh, I have... <laughs> I have two uh, honorable mentions, uh, and they might have made this list g- given that uh, two other games I played in the late in the year didn't uh, happen. Uh, one of them is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. It did not make my top ten, and only because, similar to what Justin just said, it's not a new game. It's pretty much just a game that I really love with a fresh coat of paint. A mm-hmm. um, lot of streamlined things, but I, after having played two other games, I couldn't justify keeping it on the list anymore. But goddamn, was I so happy with how it turned out. Uh, the other one uh, that I'm going to mention is uh, the f- only fighting game I'll probably be talking about tonight, which is Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Uh, Arc system work in terms of uh, combat system, art style, they kill out the part. Netcode is still trash, but they managed to um, be able to make it casual by having a uh, special move be meter, be cooldowns, and then be- giving the player the option to do manuals like Shoryuken inputs and um, Hadouken inputs. Uh, it was a really well done game. Um, unfortunately, uh, it got shafted by COVID, because so it didn't really get a tournament scene. It didn't really get a chance to gather any kind of top players. So, but... <laughs> They've been knocking it out with the DLC, and the single-player campaign stuff is actually really, really good for a fighting game. So, um, But unfortunately, 
I it just missed the the top ten. Like it it, it was it was super close. It was either number ten. Well, it will be number ten in this one. Um, I honestly didn't think that we were doing honorable mention, so <laughs> I'm just gonna have to think of a uh, one off the top of my head. Um, uh, okay, I got one. How about uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors Four? Was that this year? Uh, wow. Yeah, it came out back in March. Uh, you may or may not know of uh, the anime manga series One Piece. Uh, it's had a few video games. Uh, <laughs> Just a few. Four of which for Pirate Warriors, which is pretty much uh, the Tecmo Koi spin on it. And uh, this new one changes a whole bunch of uh, new things from uh, the other three games. One, there's a jump button, so you can do like actual jump combos and stuff. And uh, as you... As you may expect, it adapts new stuff from uh, the new season, which is uh, the Wano arc, which is wrapping up around this time, I believe. Uh, I haven't really caught up with the anime and manga in a while. so. Uh, but yeah, the game's really neat. Uh, it didn't make the list because there are just other things that grab my attention more. Uh, so for myself, let me see here. I have a few that I'll just, just mention. So. Um... Cyberpunk didn't make my list this year, not because it's bad, but because I just haven't played a whole lot of it. The stuff that I've played was pretty good, um, but it has plateaued a little bit just in the things that you're able to do and the abilities. Um, I finally got through the title screen. Like the first, like, I don't know, people are saying they beat this game in 30, 30 hours. I've been playing like 20 hours, and I just got past that part. So, um, Jeez. Yeah, you can you can play a lot of it or not, I guess. Uh which is good and bad, I guess. I don't know. Uh but also Iron Man VR came out this year, that was really cool. It was one of the first games that like actually made my my stomach come up, like my knees buckle. Like it, I actually felt like I was flying around as Iron Man. It was really cool. Um, nice. And uh what else? Um I assume Ben's probably going to talk about Dragon Ball Kakarot since he's been really digging it. No? Okay. So I'll just say, honorable mention, Dragon Ball Kakarot does a really good job with the uh, with the series. So uh, Yeah, I agree. I'm, that, that definitely made my <clears throat> list. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was actually a better year for games than I thought it was going to be. When I look at all these, I'm like, damn, these are, these are bangers. So, <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Justin. I found, like, just over 10 games. Like, I I didn't think I was going to get a top 10, honestly, after I thought this was going to be a really good year for games. But um, real quick before I do my 10, uh, I forgot an honorable mention because I just realized that I forgot a game on this list, so I moved things around a little bit. Um, (laughs) Like, like as as you were talking. So uh, just a quick shout-out to Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Um, I actually had that, like, at number 10, and then I had to move things, so... Um, it's really cool. Like, I love the AR stuff and, like, creating a course around my house and, like, having the cats play with it and stuff. Plus, it's one of the my videos that's done the best on YouTube, uh, because people just want to see that game, I think. So... They just want to see um, your cats get run over by a car. Pretty much. Yeah, I have just people want to see like, cats. Yeah. I have people that are like, you have to let me know if you post more. I don't want to subscribe because I don't care about the rest of the content. But I want to <laughs> see more Mario Kart. I was like, Damn. at least you're honest. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So like, it, that's it's a great game for content, but like, I think if it didn't come out during a pandemic, I would like it more. 
Uh, but like, I want to play it with people. Right. You know, we can like pass off the controller and stuff, and that's not feasible right now. So maybe it'll be a better game in 2021. I don't know. But anyway, uh, my number 10 is Animal Crossing New Horizons, um, which might be wow. blasphemous that it's that high or that low. I, yeah, I that low. I was going to say that low. Yeah. Top five for I mean, it's, you. it's a yeah. high number. So it's, I don't know, whatever. No, no, um, no. <laughs> the reason for that is, I like like everyone else, I was super into the game when it first came out for about a month. And I fell off it before most of my friends did. Um, I would jump in for like a, a little bit each day, but like I wasn't devoting myself to it. And so like I would hop in for a holiday event and then didn't care other than that. And I was just like, it, it started to feel like work. Um once I had kind of, like, maxed out my island or whatever, and, like, I kind of got things looking the way I liked, and I was even going to, like, start over my island, and I was like, no, I'll just create another character so I can, like, get, you know, double everything and try to build faster. And about the time I created my second character, I kind of started to lose interest. <laughs> um, I think it was, like, I tried to go too hard, and I burnt myself out. Uh, so, like, I love everything that it did. Like, it's it's definitely up there as, like, one of the best Animal Crossing games. And it's probably the one I've put the most time into. But, like, none of the others would have made my top ten. So, I mean, that's still, that's pretty good. Uh, my number ten is Panzer Dragoon Remake. Uh, this is a game that I was so looking forward to, and the only reason this remake is on my list is because you can't play the original, uh, you, unless you have a thousand dollars ready to drop and a second side and you're ready to fix. Um, it's such a, it was, it is such a good faithful recreation of the game from the mid nineties. Um, it captured that art style very, very well. The rail shooting, it's not a long game, but just the fact that you can play this game again for the first time, um, in, since 1995. Yeah, I think 95 uh, is is awesome. Um, the music is great. Being able to switch between the classical music and the remix music is great. Um, having and then they've added new modes since then. Uh, it's it's great. Um, as just seeing something get you know breathe new life into something that was pretty much dead uh, is great. So not the longest game, not the deepest game, not a technically not a new game, but it's new in the sense that you can actually play this one. So that's my number ten, <laughs> Panzer Dragoon remake. Ben, would you say it's great? It's great! <laughs> great Okay, so, my number 10. Uh, it's gonna be Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Oh, yeah. Alright, so, <laughs> uh, I grew up with uh, the original Crash Trilogy on the PlayStation. I'm actually older than I look, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, so, seeing an actual Crash 4 coming out in the year 2020 is an exciting prospect, and, uh, Seeing as well as uh, the uh, HD Trilogy back in 2017 did, uh, I had high expectations for this one. And it's pretty good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, it's pretty faithful to uh, the original trilogy. It does a whole bunch of new things. It, carry over, it carries over some uh, old things from uh, the older Crash games. Like, you have a double jump naturally now, whereas it was just an unlockable thing that you got at the end of Crash 3. And, um... There are some uh, brand new interesting challenges that uh, really test your patience and your metal. More so your patience, because 
completing this game is not easy. Like, there are points in this game where uh, 100%ing it is extremely tight. And I would argue that some of the platforming sequences are probably too, I would say, intimidating for a newcomer, honestly. But overall, um, I really like Crash 4. It's it's definitely at the bottom of the list for a reason, but it's still on the list nonetheless. Better than Wrath of Cortex, I'll give it that. <laughs> Alright, so for me, number 10 is going to be Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, I mostly, I've only played the, uh, the, uh, campaign, but what I've played of it, like, I've beat the campaign, and I think it's one of their better campaigns they've made in the last couple. Like, I, I have just straight up, like, dropped off of Call of Duty for a while, for the last few years, and coming back to it, it just felt really good. Um, shooting, it feels really good, surprising in a Call of Duty, I know, um, but it does. Uh, the zombie mode is alright. It's only one map, but there's a lot of Easter eggs and secrets, and you can go into different dimensions and unlock certain things. There's a, there's a lot of real fun with the zombie mode. Uh, I've played that with uh, Sully. Um, and the different, like, uh, they, they actually incorporated, uh, like, a PT element at, near the end of the game, which is kind of cool. Um, so, they're still doing the weird thing where they mix up the, the campaigns and, like, introduce new new things and new twists. Um, it was just a lot of fun. It was a, without a year of uh, Fast and Furious, like a popcorn action flick, this this fulfilled that need. need. I mean, there was the Fast and the Furious game. Uh, <laughs> is it Oof. Fast and Furious enough for you, though? No, it is terrible. <laughs> and not good. I, know, I didn't ask if it was good. I just asked if it was Fast and or Furious. <laughs> it's Fast and Buggy. Okay. Furiously buggy. <laughs> Alright, Justin, what's your number nine? Um am I am I quiet through this very fluffy windshield? Kind of. I can hear you. Okay. I'll try to move her. Um my number nine is uh Tony Hawk one and two Whoa. HD remake. Um was that like a weird static? No, it's just weird because I thought it was gonna be higher on your list. Oh, I think it was originally. So to preface, I lost my list right before we started. Um, apparently it, it died during some kind of uh, reboot or whatever. So like, I have all the games. Ex- like I remember these are all the games that were on it. <laughs> but I don't remember exactly the order of them. Uh, I feel pretty confident about my top five. But these these last five were pretty interchangeable anyway. So it's <clears> possible <throat> it was higher. But I, it, it's, it, it belongs around here. I'll say that. Um, it's a great game, games, I guess, uh, but I found myself kind of not as excited to go back to them. Like, it felt really good at first. Uh, I was like, oh man, like my childhood, it, it's back, it feels just as good as ever. And then I kind of realized that, like, the Tony Hawk games were always a little jank, um, and, like, Emulating those same physics and everything still felt pretty jank. Uh, it's it's very good jank, but like I don't know something about it didn't click with me the same at thirty one as it did at twelve. I don't know when did these games come out? Uh, around ninety eight or something. So yeah, like ten. Um, because the problem with doing something so faithfully is that. 
it comes with the flaws of the original as well. Um, and like, I love the games. Like, I would, as far as remakes of the original Tony Hawk games, I mean, they're a 10 out of 10. Um, I just think that the market has changed a little bit from wanting that. So, like, <clears throat> in this year of games, yeah, it belongs at this place. But they're still really good. If you like Tony Hawk, it's just a very specific market and everything. And sure, this is my list. Like, I could put it wherever I want. Um, I'm just saying, like, I kind of weighted this list partially with the amount of time I put into them versus, like, the amount of content they offer. And I didn't even unlock all of the uh, the skate parks in this game before I fell off. Um, so to me, that says that, like, it didn't, you know, stick with me the same as some of these others did. That's kind of why it's here. My number nine is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. Uh, this was kind of like a surprise release because they just released it. They just did a trailer for it, and in two weeks it was out. And I loved the first Bloodstained, so of course I was like, sign me up for more. That was kind of a mistake. But it's number nine because it's Integrates. They do amazing you know, retro-style Japanese games of bringing back that old-school style with... Almost the old school pain, and except for this one, but uh, new characters, new power ups. It's awesome. You have a corgi that rides a train mech. Like that. Do I need to say more? <laughs> um, it's great until you get past stage five, and then the unfairness goes up a hundred, and then you're raging at your TV at one in the morning during a pandemic. Um, but it's still a solid, really good game, and it feels really good when you actually overcome those challenges. Uh, it's a little bit bloated, unlike it's uh, ori- unless unle- unlike the original one, but it's still amazing. Still good music, uh, amazing, f- great fights. It's just, can you turn down the difficulty just a bit? Otherwise, it might have been higher. <laughs> oh, you need to get good. You play the game. You tell me. No, I know I would be bad at it. Speaking of being bad at things, my number nine is going to be Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. My mouth, it hurts. Oh, jeez. I recall playing a bit of the original on the DS back when I was uh, a little youngin, uh, around 13, I think. Uh, but I never beat it because we lost the cartridge because we were really bad with uh, DS cartridges back in the day. But it recently got a remake for the Switch, and... Uh, I actually got around to beating it, and, you know, it's it's a pretty decent dungeon-crawling RPG. You play as any uh, 16 species of uh, Pokemon from uh, the first three generations, which can be a turnoff if you're a, a fan of the newer stuff, but, you know, it doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, but yeah, uh, unlike the original, though, uh, instead of having uh, the quiz determine which Pokemon you can be in the beginning of the game, you can actually choose which one you can be. So, of course, I went with Trico because it's my favorite Pokemon. And, uh, yeah, from there, you just... Uh, uh, it's basically a dungeon crawler with uh, Pokemon RPG elements. You uh, go around randomly generated dungeons, uh, fighting enemy Pokemon, and uh, rescuing others uh, for uh, profits and advancing the story and whatnot. It's a really basic story. Then again, what Pokemon game isn't a basic story? Black and white. And um, I found it... Yeah, black and white. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this came out around the the resurgence of the pandemic, so it was nice comfort food. And uh, 
I enjoyed this a bit more than Crash 4 because of that, honestly. So, yeah, that's my number nine. My number nine this year is Miles Morales. Uh, so for those of you that... Oh. <laughs> I feel like I just killed Justin. I'm dead. <laughs> no, it, it should be proud that it's on the list. Um, no, it should be higher. <laughs> my boy. Hey, there's a, there's a reason why for me, like this is personal opinions, right? Um, so for those of you that remember my, uh, Spider-Man, uh, originally was, uh, number seven. So just a couple notches below. Um, for me, the reason why it's not higher is because, uh, I mentioned it on the podcast before, just the, the, the number of gadgets just wasn't satisfying enough for me. Um, it was just too short. I felt like the pacing was just too fast. Like it wasn't like it was, it didn't give you time to like breathe in some of the moments that happened. Um, uh, that's mainly the reason why, but this game is really good. Like I, I've talked about it. Like I love, I love the act. Like this story is really good. It's probably one of the best Spider-Man stories. Um, I love that this place takes place around Christmas. You get to see the family interactions. It's really good. Um, I can't wait to play more of Miles in the future because I, I, I assume they're going to make more Miles games or okay. have them in the other Spider-Man games. I but, guarantee the next game is going to be called Marvel Spider-Man. That that would be great. I would love that. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only reason why Spider-Man it's, a way out. Yeah, that's the only reason why it's <laughs> lower on the list for me this uh for this one. Um but it's still great. Mm. Still love it. I do agree about the pacing. Like I didn't I didn't notice it at first, but when I was I'll talk about it plenty later. But yeah. um when I was editing it down for the story play, I was like, Wow, the ending of this comes quick. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very quick. Like I think it starts off really well. Yeah. But by the end, it's like, oh, this is this is the last mission. All right. And and for a lot, a lot of people that like talked about the game, I've I've looked at like the discourse around it. It's like people really enjoyed that over the the other Spider-Man game because that one had a little too much fluff to it. Yeah. But for me, I would rather have that fluff. Just this is a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, Justin. All right, number eight. Yep. <laughs> uh, for my number eight, we've got Carry On. Carry On. I don't know. Oh yeah, that it, game but... came out. Yeah, oh. on my wayward son. Yeah, the carry on my wayward son. The game. Um, <laughs> it's about Kansas. It's very boring. Um, no, Carrion is basically a uh, a Metroidvania horror game. Um, and I I found it to be a really like a really good surprise. Uh, that's why it's I mean fairly high for what it is. Um, I did a video earlier. Well, I guess last year now. Um, on, like, my favorite, like, horror games or whatever. And I think it was, like, number three, number two or number three. Um, and I specifically said in that video that, like, you know, it's going to come back around uh, a game of the year time. So I struggled a little bit of where to put it here, because if it's, like, number three of my favorite horror games, like, you know, how does that compare? So, um, anyway, the point is, it's a game where you play as the horror monster. Um, you're like this eldritch horror kind of like tentacle monster thing. Um, and the Metroidvania elements come in because you basically absorb like DNA vials that give you different abilities um, and also change your size. So you have to alternate between different sizes of monster that each have different abilities uh, to solve different like puzzle rooms and stuff, um, as well as take out your enemies and whatnot. And like you wouldn't think there'd be much of a challenge there because like you're fighting human characters. 
But um, as you go through the game, the human characters get different, uh, like, weapons and armor and stuff like that uh, as, like, more levels of lockdown are put in place. Um, and since they created this monster, they know how to kill it. So you run into these, like, super armored enemies with, like, flamethrowers. And uh, the carrion monster is, like, really, uh, uh, I was gonna say allergic, um, vulnerable to fire. And so, like, you'll hear this, like, terrible screech, and, like, the whole body is covered in fire, and it, like, scurries away, and you have to kind of control the scurry into water to put out the fire, and then try to sneak up on them again, and, like, it's, it ends up being that the humans are the monsters, because, like, it, it's actually pretty scary, like, even though you're supposed to be the one creeping around and attacking them and stuff. Um, but it's got a really interesting, like, kind of subtle story about this... Uh, this, you know, lab experiment, experiment, basically, trying to get out of the lab. Um, it's not, like, some, you know, crazy heartfelt thing or whatever, but also it's kind of more of that, like, uh, visual storytelling that I really like in Metroidvania games. Um, so it still works for me. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's very different. Um, it doesn't have a map, which is weird for a Metroidvania game, um, but it has kind of, like, markers... Uh, you have like a, an ability that kind of screams and it's like uses echolocation to kind of see where important things are around you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very unique. Uh, it is on Game Pass or was last time I knew. Um, so I mean, it's definitely worth checking out if you have that. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's a nice little indie game and I like to shout out the indie games on this list too. My number eight is Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, I did not expect this game to be on my list, but uh, I bought it when it was on Black Friday because, like, well, this looks kind of cool. Like, you know, Fallen Jedi was giving me the ultimate Jedi experience, and I was, I like, this looked like to be the ultimate, like, you know, be a pilot in the Star Wars universe, and my god, it is. It, like, I was kind of worried about the cockpit first person, a little bit of nauseating, but not too, not as bad as other games. It is, it is, if you want a flight simulator with Star Wars, this is it. From, it, like, some people may not like it because it asks a lot of you, of your controls, from boosting, switching your, uh, shields to front and rear, uh, when knowing when to boost up your, your defense, your missiles. Um, it's, but it's so cool. It's so great. It gives you that great Star Wars feel. And um, I managed to get borrow a headset, so I was able to play a level with it. It is, especially with 3D audio, hearing a TIE fighter go, as, like, oh, my God. It is awesome. Like, seriously. Like, it, it's not for everybody, but if you want to try it, play it on, store, on, like, super easy mode, just so you can get the experience of sitting from the cockpit. You can't. There is no third-person overview um, it's only from the cockpit, and but I still think it works great. My favorite part so far has been playing as the Y-Wing, and you, there's a mission where you go down a trench and you're dropping bombs. I'm like, this is fucking Star Wars. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's criminal to me that this game is going, like, not a lot of people are talking about it, but I think it's because, like, it's so demanding of, of what it wants you to do. And I think the story is actually pretty cool. Uh, because you play as both the uh, Rebel Alliance and the Fledgling Empire because it takes place right after uh, the events of Endor. So and it's all new characters. Uh, each each of the each uh, both Empire and uh, uh, I guess New Republic side has unique characters, fun relationships. Like it, like it drops you in like the story's progressing. Like the char- the characters have already been a squad together. Uh, there's so many cool Star Wars moments in this game. Like 
Ah, uh, they like for like this. This game's called a budget title. It doesn't feel budget. It feels like they it, it, they put a lot of effort and a lot of love into it. Uh, the only only wish I have is you could play like classic Star Wars missions in this because I wish you could play like the Battle of Yavin or the Battle of Endor stuff like that in this game because it would be so cool. Uh, but other than that, but it, it it's only so low because. It's not that long of a game, and it's a little bit too much sometimes. Uh, where I've died on a couple of stages, never salty death, but just like, oh come on, I'm getting attacked from everywhere. How do I deal with this? Uh, but that's why it's number eight. All right, so my number eight, uh, Samurai Jack: Battle Through Time. Woo! So, all right, so we got a fan here. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed Samurai Jack. Uh, as a show back in my youth, Watch out. and uh, it was really Great. sad that it never got an actual ending until uh, they re-aired it on Adult Swim back in 2017. And uh, yeah, uh, basically the story of this game takes place on the tail end of the final episode of the final season. I'm not going to spoil it here, but basically uh, you're just traveling through time, just going through like a best of of the uh, of the entire show's history. Like, the first level is literally just uh, fighting the robot beetles uh, for the dog, dog, uh, the dog archaeologists. Oh, my and, God. Uh, and there's a level where uh, you're, and you pretty <laughs> much uh, fight a whole bunch of, uh, you fight the two married couples uh, on top of the moving train and fighting against a whole bunch of uh, Demongo's undead servants, stuff like that. Basically, the it's a budget title that sort of uh, copycats... Uh, Action games like uh, Ninja Gaiden Black or Neo or whatever. Um, I think it's really fun. Like, uh, you go around uh, slicing things with your magic sword, like you would expect. But uh, you also have a whole bunch of other weapons at your disposal. Guns, kunai, axes, lances, stuff like that. Uh, and you can, and there's also uh, a lot of neat upgrades that can uh, make yourself stronger in the heat of battle. Like... There's some that give you uh, better weapon skills, uh, some weapons that can uh, have more durability because all the weapons beside the magic sword uh, break when you use them too much. And, of course, the best power-up, being able to jump good. So, yeah, uh, I think this is a great go based off of a wonderful TV show. It's definitely a budget title, and I think the asking price is a bit too much for what it is, but... You know, I enjoyed it enough. This is a really good Samurai Jack game. So my number eight is uh, Animal Crossing New Horizon. Uh, This game came out at the perfect time of the year when uh, lockdown started happening for Mm -hmm. us in North America. And it gave us that, like, ability to, like, you know, go outside, meet your neighbors, uh, have your friends come on over, have a picnic, you know, stuff like that. And, um... With the New Year that happened, uh, me, Ben, and uh, Tyler here, we <laughs> spent the uh, the New Year's at my uh, island. Like just like they had a big countdown clock. We we're counting down the time with each other. Like there was just a, there's no real game like that. That's just like social like interactions. Other than some of the stuff that's on Steam, that's kind of seedy and weird. Um, but yeah, this uh, this game this also scratches my collectible itch. Like I love. Just doing all the fishing and doing all the uh, the, the fossils, the bug stuff. Um, I got an app on my phone where I'm like tracking everything and making sure I have everything. 
Um, that's how that's how that's how deep I got into the the collectible aspect of this game. And uh, with the winter update, it's really fun. There's a lot of like you can build snowmen or snow people, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you can get different kind of. Um, each event has their own um, crafting uh, recipes. So there's all that kind of stuff in there too. Like I missed out on the on the fall stuff just because like there's a bunch of other games that just came out. I didn't have time to play some of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just got really, I just got stuck back in, and now I have a new neighbor. I kicked out the person that gave me the tombstone, so he's gone. Uh, wow. <laughs> he can't kill me anymore, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, it's just like a it's just like a great game to like just chill for like an hour. It's a very chill game if you just need to relax and just like hang out, play Animal Crossing. It's pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right, number seven. See, we're moving right along. It'll be fine. I can stall for at least five or ten more minutes. Um, <laughs> my number seven is Paper Mario: The Origami King. Ooh. Um. So, like I said, this this like low five, I guess you'd call it. Um, is pretty interchangeable, but the. Honestly, the reason this game is even on the list at all is because, like, it was, it surprised me that it was actually good. <laughs> um, I've never really been a huge Paper Mario fan. Like, I played the original. Um, I didn't own it. I think I rented it once. Um, and then my brother had Thousand, Do- Thousand Year Door, whatever. I think I still have it actually. Yeah, it's Thousand Year Door. Um, and, I never got super into it. He got more into it because it was his game, but I would play it every now and then. I was like, eh, it's fine. Um, and then I kind of fell off. Like, I didn't really care. But I, I was more of a Mario and Luigi guy. So, like, this one, it was interesting enough, and I was like, sure, it's coming out this summer. You know, there's not a lot else going on. I'll try it out. I'll, well, you know, it's an RPG. Why not? And I, I didn't beat it, I'll admit. Um, but... I was, like, really into it for a while, um, in a way that I just didn't expect to be. Because, like, it is an RPG, but it's it's a light RPG. Uh, the stuff I liked more was, like, the actual exploring around and, like, you know. Um, I, I was weirdly addicted to uh, filling the potholes with confetti. I don't know why. I loved that aspect. Like, just exploring around, finding all the things to fill. Um and like those those outside of battle elements cuz the battles are just fine they're whatever uh the battle like the boss battles are pretty cool um like shifting the panels like for the puzzle aspect of it but the regular battles i never really felt much of a threat from them um since you can usually beat them in one turn so like that never really got to me i, I skipped most of them um but yeah, just the the personality of the game is great. Um and that kind of kept me going until I got stuck. Uh but I don't know, it's it's a hard one to explain because it's all atmosphere and personality and you can't really like talk about that very well. Um but like in a past podcast Ben had a whole thing about the uh the Babam side character and like their surprisingly emotional story and like those kind of moments stick with you. In a game that, like, you wouldn't expect to, like, have, you know, the full range of emotion like that. Um, 
And any time a game sticks with me like that, I have to, you know, I have to give it some some props. Because um, it should just be a cutesy Mario game, but it's more. And I liked that. It was nice. I don't really have a lot to say about it, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> so my number seven game of the year is Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I did not want to get this game. Mm-hmm. I and these guys can remember. You're so was, adamant. I'm not gonna get this You're like game. so mad. I was, I'm not going to get this game. No, <laughs> fuck this. I don't like Animal Crossing. Why do people Crossing? like Animal Crossing? I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get. I try. I tried New Leaf. I I didn't like it. Um, I I it was just like this is this is not for me. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> and then unfortunately, uh, uh fortunately, unfor- well, unfortunately, I had to go on leave from work for two weeks. Uh, and that part of it was being addicted to The Witcher, which is not on this list because it didn't come out this year. But part of it was discovering Animal Crossing and understanding it. And I was half my day was Witcher 3, the other half was Animal Crossing. I loved it. I fell in love with this game. I still love this game. Only reason I haven't come back to it is because there's so much other stuff to play. Yep. And like, uh, like, now I never, I don't think I ever got bored with it. I just, it's just, you know, not as, it doesn't feel as important to play as other games. But whenever I do came back to it, I always felt nice. My neighbors saying they miss me. Scoot, I love you, you little <laughs> duck son of a bitch. I love you. I love all my neighbors. Um, I, I have... It's just so... It just feels nice. Like, it felt nice to create something. Um, I, I want to say, like, you know, my return to consecration kind of started with this game. Just because, like, I was making things. I was doing stuff. I was, like... Even if it wasn't perfect, it was my stuff. It was my vision of something I wanted to be. And that's what I like about this game. I I know some Animal Crossing fans don't have nitpicks to this. I don't I don't have any of those because I have nothing to compare it to in my like ten my few hours of uh, New Leaf. Um but like I like the summer events. I didn't do any of the fall events, unfortunately, and I kinda of regret that. But hey, they're gonna come around next year, so and I plan to be here next year, so uh, to just to play to play those and more stuff. But it was such a pleasant surprise. I'm glad I didn't. I, I'm glad I didn't stick to my guns and I played it because uh, it became one of my most played games of, of this year and something I'll never forget. I love I love my neighbors so much. Scoot, I love you. You're my first neighbor. You'll never. I'll never leave you. Yeah. Sorry. I will, I'm done. I, will, I will say though, I'm thankful I got the pumpkins at least because at least I can like hoard a whole bunch of pumpkins for next year <laughs> and just like craft all the things. Go ahead, Ty. All right. My number seven is going to be Mega Man Zero ZX Collection. Uh, This one is kind of a weird one because it's technically not a new game, or new games rather, but uh, the collection did come out this year, and I never played any of the Zero games or the ZX games, so it's new to me, damn it. (laughs) I just thought I was putting it on my list too, so I I don't blame you. (laughs) So yeah, uh, Mega Man X is one of my favorite games ever, and... uh, Though the series does have its uh, high and low points, uh, there's some of my favorite games out there. Uh, and I never got around to playing the Zero games when they were new, unfortunately. Uh, up until um, last February, where uh, I got my mitts on the the collection, and uh, I just blasted through the first four games in uh, about a few weeks. That was fun. Uh, I would say that... Uh, Da, 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 da. I'm taking a look at my notes here. Basically, the whole story of this game is uh, you play a zero, no shit, uh, as he wakes 
several hundred years after the X-Series is wrapped up and done with, as uh, he joins with uh, resistance of uh, former Reploids to uh, fight against Neo-Arcadia. And I will not say any more than that for the plot synopsis, because there's four games in that series, and uh, going over the plot for all four of those would be a mouthful. So, no thanks. And three of them are really good. Yes, that is right. I will agree with that. <laughs> so yeah, um, since this is basically a predecessor of the X series, or Mega Man in general really, uh, it pretty much uses a similar engine to X, uh, sort of. Like, uh, Zero is really capable. Uh, he has a whole bunch of uh, unique weapons that you unlock throughout uh, the adventure. Uh, probably one of my favorites is the Triple Rod, which is a very versatile game if you're playing through all the games in subsequence because they change it in every single title. Um, and if any of them are really good. Yes, that is also true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if anyone that's uh, played the Zero series uh, will probably tell you, these games are really fucking hard. Um, and yeah, I did have a bit of struggles playing through these games, uh, specifically with Zero One because... That's the one with the most jank. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's the one that doesn't know what to do with itself yet. So, you know, my biggest problem with that game is uh, the whole continue system, like, or the life system in general. Like, how it handles lives is so absurd. You die, it takes you to a game over screen, and you have just so many continues left. And if you don't have any left, you have to reload a save, and that's stupid. And, of course, there are some titles that do the new Cyber Elf uh, system well, while others don't, specifically one. Uh, I'm sure Justin is going to chime in with that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, playing through these games, uh, they were pretty tough. I did have a rough time with it at first, but as I played them more and more, I got a little bit better. And I even found a new favorite Mega Man game in the form of Mega Man Zero Three. So that was yeah. cool. Uh, Zero Three is so good. I'm sad I didn't play it as a kid. Because I played yeah, one, like, on Game Boy Advance, but I stopped, and I never beat it, so I didn't move on. That doesn't surprise me at all. But, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten around to playing the ZX games yet. Well, I mean, I kind of dabble with them a little bit, but I haven't seriously played those yet, but I'll end up going through those soon enough. Uh, there's also a new mode specifically for the collection, where it's basically a speedrun time attack mode, kind of like in the... X collection from uh, 2018, uh, where it's you basically uh, play uh, older levels uh, through a strict time limit, and uh, that's cool. Seeing how uh, you can uh, go through the levels as quickly as possible with the tools you're given. <coughs> so uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, even though it pissed me off at points, specifically <laughs> in Zero Four. You didn't have to play that one. I didn't, but I had to. <laughs> Uh, so we are at the point in the list, at least for me, uh, where these are all bangers. And, uh, so number seven for me is going to be, uh, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, Ooh. I love, I, I really do love this game. Um, when it came out, me and Ben base, like the first time I played it, I played it with Ben and we were just banging the shit out of everybody we saw. What? Um, <laughs> what kind of game is oh this? Oh my. It was just hype as fuck, man. Like the music itself. Streets of Rage. Like the music bonus. alone is worth worth <laughs> it to be on the list. Um, damn it, Justin. Uh, 
Yeah, the music is is amazing. Uh, it even has like a an old an old uh, not an old version, a retro version of it, right, Ben? It does. You have the option to play yeah, as both retro, the modern uh, uh, music, which is by the, the same composer uh, with the new Pope composer, but also if you like the Streets of Rage two soundtrack, you got that juiciness as well. Right, and uh, it, I, I wish I could dedicate the amount of time to unlock everything in that game. There's just other things I want to play. Um, but being able to unlock a bunch of characters while we were playing and then switch between levels was really cool. Like, And it also like incorporates the, the sound effects, uh, the specials from those games as well. Uh, this is like a love letter to anyone that loves Streets of Rage. Um, it, really, like, it really is. Like, the, the art is amazing. Uh, there's going to be a lot more said from, I, I assume Ben. Ben's going to have this high on his list. Um, it might be number one. <laughs> but uh, I'll, my immersion. I'll let him speak when he gets there. Uh, but yeah, I just lo- I really do love this game. And everything from here on out is a banger from, from my eyes. So, uh, Justin, what's yours? Uh, number six. I, gotta, I should like keep my cursor on whatever number's next because I start it. Um, yeah, so my number six might be controversial, but I don't care. It's Marvel's Avengers. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Wait, is that on my list? No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, So, it's funny, because I've seen a lot of people, uh, like, putting out their, you know, their worst games in 2020 list or whatever, and without fail, every single one has included Cyberpunk and this. Yeah, it's Um, just a meme on these games, that's why. I know. And, like, the thing is, they talk about how, like, oh, it's so good, like, this. I love the story, I love, like, it has so much potential to be a good game, but it's just squandered by all of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the microtransaction, blah, 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 like, it's like they're just trying to hate it. And, I mean, I've defended this game before, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a shill or anything, but, like, none of that has really bothered me. Um, the performance is pretty rough on, on a base PS4, but, like, especially since I started playing on PS5 with a friend... Like, I love it all over again. Um, this game has been, was it was a treat. Like, me and Thomas played the beta when it released. And it was fun, it was a little rough, but it was fun. <laughs> and I feel like that did not sell the game at all. Um, no. Because the actual game came out, and I booted up the campaign, and was just, like, grinning ear to ear. Like, for almost all of it. Yeah. Because, like, there's just the story of Kamala, like, you know figuring out who she is and becoming an Avenger is just so precious. Yeah, the first hour of that and, game is, like, amazing. I'm surprised they didn't show any of that stuff off. It's right. crazy. So, like, a, a big part of why the game hasn't done well is because of marketing, <clears throat> I think. Uh, and they they should have just made it a single, uh, a multiplayer, like, offline, sorry, a <laughs> non-live service game that you can still play with your friends online. Just, like, cool, uh, beat them up, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because all I ever do is, like, I'll play with you and my friend Lance, and, like, I don't play with randos online. Um, sometimes I'll play by myself, like, if I just need to knock out a daily or weekly or something. Um, but I'm not really concerned with that grind. Like, yeah. if I can't play with a friend, I just don't play it. I've got other things. Mm-hmm. But, like, I burned through that campaign because I loved it. And then I put it down until someone else wanted to play with me. And I've really enjoyed it still. Like... We grind the same, you know, same feeling missions and stuff, but because I'm playing with a friend, it's still fun. And a few of my other friends have gotten it out too, so like, we're waiting for them to get through the story, and then we're actually gonna have a four-person party. And I'm really excited to see what that's like. Like, this is, this is my game that I just kinda go to for fun, every now and then. Uh, that's why it's not higher. 
because like if they had done this game right, it probably would have been like in the top three. Um, but it's not, so like it's still just it's something I have fond memories of, but I don't play that often. Um, but like it hit all the right notes for me, and I don't understand why all the people were like, "Oh, worst game of 2020." Like it's it's just clickbait at this point. Yep. <laughs> Also, the, it's perfectly fine. The Kate it's, Bishop uh, stuff is pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, I want the DLC to come out more frequently, but, like, Kate, if Kate Bishop's any indication, like, the live service element of this game is going to be very good over time. And I think in a year, it could be a completely salvaged game. We don't, uh, we don't know how much of their studio has been affected with the COVID, you know, because they're working from home. They can't really right. go into the office. It sounds like a lot of it's been affected, because, yeah. like, just... The way they have to transfer uh, major delays and stuff back and forth is tough. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's it's hard for a lot of games right now. So like, I don't fault them or anything. But I'm also like, if this is the only game you're playing, yeah, I can understand why you'd be upset about that. Yeah. But for me, it's like, next time I get a new character out, I'm gonna be excited to jump back in. Like, it's an event thing, you know, like seasonal events, and then I can put it down again. It's not a big deal. So, I don't know. I, I really like it. And it's not any, like, one thing that, like, makes me, you know, enjoy it, but it's definitely one of the best gaming experiences I had this year, or last year. So, like, it deserves to be on this list. I don't care. <laughs> My number uh, six is Immortals Phoenix Rising. Uh, similar to Thomas, this is when <laughs> it starts to get real. And this almost made the top five, in all honesty, based on the ending. And I won't spoil the ending or anything. But on the surface, this game is a simple action. You've seen it before. You've seen the exploration. You've seen the combat system. The Breath of the Wild comparisons are there. It's, it's not a secret. What is not promoted and what makes this game amazing... Which, again, even though you've seen it before, it's well done. The combat feels great. The puzzles feel fun to solve. The uh, individual shrines feel great. Um, the overworld that you visit of Ares, uh, Aphrodite, Athena, and um, uh, Hephaestus, uh, and Zeus, is, and, and Zeus they're all unique and amazing to explore. And I had very similar Breath of the Wild reactions where I'm like, holy shit, this is huge, and oh my god, what's over there? I remember hearing a criticism uh, that, oh, all you do is just scan, you can see everything. You could do that, but even then, I was still finding stuff just by wandering. Uh, but the reason why this game, it, it doesn't make it top five because, again, it is stuff you've seen before. Even though it's really well done, the gameplay is standard, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's But uh, it's the story. Really, it's the narrative uh, where you play as Phoenix, uh, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but you play as Phoenix, and you know she's pretty much by like uh, Prometheus is pretty much telling a story uh, because Typhon has pretty much imprisoned the gods, and sort of Prometheus is kind of like telling your narrative to Zeus as like a bet um, to like how how will this end, um, and. Uh, as you and Phoenix is very timid, very shy. She, or at least I, I should say they, because uh, Phoenix could be he or she. So Phoenix, they are, are unsure of themselves. They are the definition of the I didn't ask to be involved in this. They are like, why am I doing this? My older brother Legiron, he should be doing this. He's the hero. He sunk a hundred Spartan ships. Why am I doing this? 
Um, and over the course of the game, you see uh, Phoenix's character basically uh, rise for all intents and purposes. Um, and it's so beautiful. Like, it really is. Um, like, if anything, Phoenix is the definite, like, this is, this game is the definition of imposter syndrome. They don't believe they should be doing this. They don't believe they're worthy of the, of the gods' power. They don't believe any of it. Um, but once you get the end, you have that realization moment. Oh, it's so satisfying. Uh, Ubisoft surprised the hell out of me because I've been very cynical of their stories because most of the time they're not good or they're, they're overtly cynical, but this is very genuine. This is like, it was very heartfelt. And the writing is also funny. Like you'll constantly hear, and this is not a bad thing because I it's always fresh. Zeus and Prometheus constantly bicker at each other back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's always funny, always fresh. You'll have once you unlock the other gods and they're in this little pantheon, um, they're constantly bickering each other. You can talk to the gods and like they'll constantly back backsmirk each other or they'll compliment each other, and you can show that the gods themselves are flawed. Um, but if anything, this is all about Phoenix and their identity and what what they mean and that they're not just small. They can be greater. You can be greater. Um, and that's that's what makes it so high. <laughs> unfortunately, in any other year, it might have been higher. But unfortunately, the next five kind of beat it out by a lot. Um, if, the gameplay, if the gameplay stuff was a little bit more unique, it might have been higher. But... God, it was, I I can't. I put sixty Damn, hours dude. into this in three weeks. Like I could not put it. I couldn't put it down. Anytime I thought about playing this, playing something else, whether it was uh, another game or not, I couldn't. Chump numbers. Come back when um, you get to one hundred and fifty. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and I'm looking forward to the DLC that they're that they're gonna come up with. Uh, I'm I've already bought the season pass. Uh, I, they've convinced me. Like this is the most polished Ubisoft experience I've had in quite some time. Uh, way, to, way, to, way to go, Ubisoft! You won me over for the first time since two thousand. Well, I definitely want to check it out. All right, so my number six is Shock and Horror: Animal Crossing: New Horizons. <laughs> I, yeah, all four of us have the same game on here. It keeps the, going up. The bottom too. five. There's always at yeah, least one funny. game that's on everybody's list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This seems to be that one. I honestly I really didn't think it. that I would enjoy a life sim like this. You know, I'm more of a action-fighting kind of person, really. Uh, the only other Animal Crossing games that I played are the original on the GameCube and New Leaf. And while I did enjoy those games, I feel like this one has a bit more polish and improvements uh, over those ones. Like, being able to live on a deserted island and pretty much establish a new civilization on it is pure <laughs> genius. Like, and uh, I really enjoy crafting all the tools and stuff uh, that you can decorate your house with, with anything, really. Uh, I still find myself uh, going back to this game every now and again. It's basically comfort food ever since the pandemic started. It mm -hmm. pretty much just transports me to a world that makes me forget that the real life isn't completely awful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I occasionally come back to it with uh, seasonal updates. Um, I haven't come back for the fall update, which seems to be an upcoming trend in this group. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a cozy game that just makes me forget about my troubles. Nice. My uh, my number six and my number five could honestly <clears throat> just be interchanged, but I went with Hades for number six. Um, 
Hades, I feel like it's similar to uh, Dead Cells to me, where it's like a very polished game that knows what it does, and it does it very well. Um, hate, the thing that makes Hades so good is, honestly, the uh, the writing, the, the music, the dialogue. Um, so it, it is a it is a, a roguelike, but it's fairly light in the way it is a roguelike. It, like I usually call these kind of games run based games, where you have like one life and you need to get to the end. Um, they're called roguelikes. <laughs> they're arcade games. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. The the audio, like the the music, the the dialogue. Characters are really good, really well written, uh, really funny. This game is very funny. Um, every time you meet a new character, you're just laughing. Uh, the conceit of this game is you're you're uh, Hades' son, and you you want to escape hell and get to get to the earth. Uh, you you've had it with everything down there, like fuck everything down there. Um, and when you <laughs> fuck you, dad. Basically, every time you come back, you have to see Hades if he's sitting in his chair. Like he, I don't think he's ever left. I think Cerberus has left, but not Hades. Um, and he always gives you shit when you come back. He's like, "Why don't you just stop doing this? You're not gonna make it." Um, Are you winning, son? <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I don't, uh, the, the amount of builds and variety in this game is really good too. Uh, like me personally, I've been having a lot of fun with the spear and the shield. But Ben's been, like, telling me about the sword, and I'm like, oh, man, I need to try out the sword and do, like, new builds with that and try and figure out uh, what works with the sword, which uh, I might do that in the next couple of runs. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let Ben talk about this more, I guess, but cause, just because it was a higher on his list. But the things I, like I said, about the things I like about this game is that it's extremely polished, the, the writing and the dialogue is really good, and so is the music. Um, and it's weird to say, like... The game is polished because some people might not know what that means, but it just means that it controls very well. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just one of those things where you play and it just feels freaking good. Uh, but go ahead, Justin. What's your number five? Uh, number five is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, this is kind of a special case because it was actually pre-pandemic. Like, it came out, like, I think it was the first new game I played this year. Uh, and it it hit me hard because it came out while I was still stuck at home uh, after my hernia surgery. So it feels like it came out during the pandemic because, like, I was homesick, but I was just couch-ridden with nothing else to do. So I played a lot of Ori. Um, actually, I started with the Blind Forest before Will of the Wisps came out. I replayed through that with the Definitive Edition, and then I started <laughs> Will of the Wisps. And I will say that I I don't think it's quite as good as the first game, because um, the way it kind of lays things out is not as appealing. Um, with like, it's it's a slower game because there's actually like NPCs and stuff you have to interact with, and so. Um, making it a bit more, like, quest-based, I think, kind of slows down the pacing. But it's still a very strong game. Um, and like I said, since I played it, like, in January and haven't gone back to it, I'm trying to remember details right now. But, um, I mean, it's more Ori at the end of the day. Like, it's it's more combat-focused than the first one was. 
Uh, you actually, like, one of the first things you get is kind of a, like, a spirit sword. And I really like the combo system in it. Like, that's one of the best improvements. Uh, because there's a lot more, like, actual boss encounters. Uh, which is kind of weird in an Ori game. But, um, I also, I, I like it. Because I think one of the weakest elements of the first game was the combat. Um, it never felt like you could really do much damage until you get, like, the slam, and then you're mostly avoiding enemies by using those platforms. Uh, but the fact that they make Ori more capable from the start is kind of nice, uh, and sets <clears throat> this game apart from the first one. But it, it really, it picks up more, uh, later in the game when you get some cooler abilities. I think they lock away some of the, uh, the more traversal stuff that you get earlier on in the first game. Um, I think they lock it away a little too long, but they want to give you some of the new abilities, and those are really cool. Um, none of the areas, <clears throat> well, I guess one, but none, very few of the areas are like as memorable set pieces as the first one had. Uh, but I think there's individual moments that are still really cool, and um, part of it is because I I've played uh, Ori in the Blind Forest twice. And one was, like I said, more recent. So I remember, like, the new areas specifically in the Definitive Edition that were very strong. Um, and I think if Will of the Wisps does a similar thing, where it, like, drops a, you know, Definitive Edition to add some new stuff that kind of polishes up the weak points, it could end up being better than the first game. But as it is, it's a very good follow-up that I still enjoyed a lot, and I need to jump back into sometime. Um, but I don't have Game Pass anymore, and I don't think I actually bought it. <clears throat> I think I just played it on there. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> um, it's, it's great, though. Like, it just, it's, it's one of those weird games that came out in the before times. So it's kind of hard <laughs> to remember exactly DC what I loved COVID. about it. Yeah. Um, because, like, on it, like, it, it was such a weird year. Because it started with me being homesick for, like, two weeks. And then I got back to work, and, like, a month later, COVID happened, and I've been working from home ever since. So it's, like, it's... Most of my year has been, like, at home playing video games. So I was I was trying to remember, like, the one game on this list from before that. Mm. My number five is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, mm. it This makes a top five because... In 2020, where everything was crushing, everything was horrible, there was no light, uh, we jokingly say that we play video games to escape from that, to make a difference in these worlds that we visit to save the world, to oh, rescue the joking. princess, whatever. Huh? I'm not joking, I actually do that. Well, some people do, but... My point is, is that sometimes it's a joke. Sometimes we just tell us that it's a coping thing for some people, and for some of us, it's real. And for me, that was especially this case with uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Um, this is not the prequel that people wanted, um, in terms of how it ends. But I, I'm glad it wasn't, because in a grim fucking year. Uh, I'm glad I was able to feel like I could make a difference somehow by stopping evil, doing something. Um, and in terms of the narrative, that's kind of what really hooked me. 
um, especially with little R2 ro- rolling with you around. Uh, such a great <laughs> little addition to, to the game. Um, and uh, gameplay-wise, though, it's still a Warriors game, so nothing really changes there. But I do think they did an amazing job of making each character feel unique with having them have unique moves. Uh, as much as I hate Rivali, he's really fucking fun to play as. Um <laughs> Like uh, even playing as Hetsu, he's great. Uh, kicking ass with the giant Deku uh, or Korok seed is hilarious. Um, or even the surprise characters are also awesome. Um, unfortunately, the Divine Beasts weren't as cool after you play them once. You kind of see them, and a couple of times I've fallen asleep while playing them because they're kind of boring. And sometimes it's a little unfair. But uh, and also the fact that. Uh, unlike previous Warriors games where I've played where you have to go through menu after menu after menu to find things. Everything's right on the map. You can actually use the sensor thing. I love that they incorporate so much stuff in Breath of the Wild. So you can use the sensor thing to find things. So yeah, you're going to have to grind. But at least you know, hey, I just go to here and I'll grind here specifically for this item. That's great. Um, but I will say this. Do yourself a favor. I did this a lot this year uh, after I beat this game but there's a certain there's a certain piece of music that plays after you beat the game as you're overlooking the map it is the most serene piece of music I have ever heard in a Zelda game it's that it's somebody puts it in the comment section it's that that song you hear in your head when the storm is over like that's exactly what it is like (sighs) the exhale song um it's a Musou game it's nothing special, but god damn it, I just wanted to make a difference, and I felt like I made a difference here in this little world by having a good ending, a happy ending, instead of the grim ending that Breath of the Wild was. So that's why Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is at number five. Alright, so uh, my number five on a lighter note. Uh, you guys <laughs> know what time it is? Because I have the clock right here. Yep, it's time to do Wow, holy shit. <laughs> Audio listeners, look up the video wall. version of this podcast, because it's worth it for just that. Okay, <laughs> but seriously, Yu- Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. Technically, this came out last year for the Switch uh, exclusively, uh, but uh, it recently came out uh, this year in March uh, for, uh, for uh, PS4, Xbox, and PC. And it also made a gigantic rule change that changes the game dramatically. So, yeah, I consider this a new game for this year. And, wow, this this game is really cathartic, especially in uh, COVID when uh, you can't really go out to play the card game in real life anymore, you know? So, uh, yeah, uh, you basically play the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game on here. You uh, duel... Uh, you duel the characters from the shows, all six seasons of them. Uh, although the last, they, there's a story mode for each one. Uh, they added in the story mode for the newest season, Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns, but there isn't an actual story mode in there, which kind of makes me sad. But being able to play as the main character playmaker is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, you uh, collect over 10,000 cards and uh, build... Hundreds of different uh, deck strategies and what have you. And, yeah, there's lots of viable stuff that you can do. And uh, being able to uh, do any strategy that you want is really appealing. Even though it may be intimidating for a game like this where there's like 
thousands of, upon millions of different possibilities that you can go with. Does it finally have, like, animated, like, card attack animations and stuff? <laughs> uh, they only have uh, sum uh, summoning animations for, for specific monsters. Mm. In the, an older version of Legacy of the Duelist, which came out uh, back in 2015, yeah. uh, there were attack animations for specific monsters, but they took those out because they looked terrible. And the the new animations for some of the uh, more vintage monsters, you know, Dark Magician, Dark Magician Girl, those all look great. And, uh, yeah, um, I've spent an ungodly amount of time unlocking shit in this game because uh, I can use the decks that I use in real life, which are awesome. And I've also found some uh, new decks that uh, I've been having fun using. So, yeah, uh, pulling off a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of strategies and all these complicated maneuvers is really satisfying. Yeah, I popped this game the, in. Uh, um, I forget what it's called. Do you have the mobile game from like I last do. year or something? I barely play it though. Okay, because I grabbed that one because there's just something I, I could do at work. Um, like, but I never got super into it. But that does have some of like the at least some graphics, not necessarily animations. But it's it's more simplified. Good. Uh, yeah. granted, it's easier to get into, but. Right. It's not the real thing. Although <laughs> they did I, make it the real I've thing. I've lost track uh, of all the rules, so it, it works for me. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten really complicated. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can't play the card game in real life anymore because of the pandemic, but <laughs> this is a damn good alternative. Alright. Uh, so my number five, as I've uh, <laughs> said before, this could be switched for number six, but my number five for this year is Doom Eternal. Um, this is one of those games where the first, like, the first few hours of the game, like, I wasn't really feeling it. I was like, this is not really what I was signed up for, for Doom. Uh, last year's, the, the previous iteration, I felt was better. But during the second half of it, I finally got it to click. I finally got that combat loop to go. Like, I had it click in my head. So, like, you know, shoot, shoot, chainsaw, glory kill. Uh, just combinations of all those other, of all those types of things. And then at the end of the game... Uh, they give you uh, an instant kill weapon, basically. They give you a sword that can kill literally anything. Um, you just need to have it charged. And so, like, that just introduced a whole hell of a lot of fun. And I went back through different missions in that game and just had unlimited ammo and unlimited health. And I just soared the fuck out of everything. It felt so good. Um, but yeah, no, the, com the combat is really good. The I felt the, the maps are a lot larger in this one. There's a lot more exploration. Uh, they bring back the map system and the collectibles and stuff like that. Um, but I just felt like there was just more of that in this game. And uh, I know a lot of people didn't really like the end of With Sin, but it just felt cathartic for me because I was playing on easy. And I was just killing everything in my path. And they kept giving me more ammo and armor and stuff. It just always came back. And it just, I, I don't know, I felt really good with that ending. Um, killing a giant uh, boss at the end. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just it was just a really good Doom game. Um I don't really have anything else to say about that. Music's still really good. Um so I'll let Justin say his number four. Alright. Moving on to number four. We have Astro's Playroom. Ooh. Uh the cute little PS5 pack-in like tech demo looking thing that actually ended up being one of the best games of the year. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, 
And that's not because it was a bad year for games. Like, no. it was, I mean, it was a decent year, but I never would have expected this game to be this far up. Uh, but it's just, it's a really good showing for the PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm glad it didn't cost money because I wouldn't have thought to buy it. Yeah. Like, there was also, like, what, the Sackboy's Adventure or whatever that's supposed to be actually pretty good. But, like, it cost money, and I was like, eh, I got my fill with Astro. Like, it's a cute little platform, and it was free. Why not? But, yeah, this it's a it's a very simple little game. Um, Astro's kind of become, like, the, the Sony, like, the PlayStation mascot mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And, like, this game is basically, like, a love letter to, like, from, from Sony to themselves. Um, it's... <clears throat> the entire premise of the game is that you're inside a PS5. So each world is, like, one part of the, the PS5 hardware that they're trying to show off. Um, And so, like, you go to each of these worlds, and, like, the, the music is, is really charming. Like, I rarely, rarely, like, notice music in games. But there's something about, like, the way that the... uh. Like, they mix the name of the world and, like, the kind of the theme of the world into the music. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is it? Is it the, the Speedway one? Where, like, you can hear the name. Like, it, they're, they're, like, saying Speedway, like, during the music. Uh, but it's, like, it electro tune. It might be that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was the Forest one, yeah. Because they all say it at some point. But it's like it's this kind of like really like cool electro beat, and it actually has lyrics to it. And like you can find, I think it is the fourth one, yeah. Um, you can find like a little hidden cave mm-hmm. in one of the levels mm-hmm. that has like a, a tablet yep. with all of the lyrics of the song in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that was the graphics it's just, one, right? It's the little things. Um, I think it was the graphics one. Yeah. Yeah. Part I'm of the problem is like it's it's kind of a short game, so like the worlds blur together a little bit. Um. Like, they're all very distinct, I just forget which which one's which. Yeah. I remember the CPU cooler one, because that's, like, that's kind of obvious. Cooling Springs? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, like, memory speedway, I think, because it's the, the SSD. RAM. yeah, or whatever, yeah. Uh, but I don't remember what the other two, like, which one's which. Um, but yeah, so, it's, it's just a very basic little platformer. Um, Astro can jump, punch... And do like a um like a foot laser thing uh over foot enemies laser. to take them out. A little hover foot laser thing, yeah. Yeah. It's a foot laser. Yep. Um Doctor he, he, he flies with it. Yeah. And uh you also like you pull things from the ground and like it's it's a very simple it's move very set, simple. but like they uh they use the mechanics in really clever ways. That, like, just the platforming feels good. It's another one of those it's games that's just polished. Uh, yep. Like, you're jumping around, and it just feels good to control. And because it's a showcase for the PS5 controller, like, everything is fun to do. Because it's, like, the way you you get, like, the tension and the, uh, the triggers, and, like, the controller vibrates at different times. Like, there's one level where it's raining, and you just feel this constant patter mixed with, like, the sounds of rain on the controller. Mm-hmm. And it's just so serene. Like, I've complained before about how I don't like 3D audio because I'm half deaf. But this was one of those things where, like, the controller was making the sound, and so it still felt immersive. Because it was, like, coming up at me Mm -hmm. while I was feeling the... 
inside the controller, and it was just really nice. Um, and like there was another example where every other level in each world um, has some kind of gimmick to it. So they range from the <clears throat> terrible, which is like rolling a ball around using the trackpad, uh, <laughs> to the really cool, yeah. which is a uh, like a rocket ship that you're flying around, and you like each trigger is a a one of your like one side of your rocket. Yeah. Uh, so you have to kind of jump between the left and right and like hit it together to do. Um, and you can feel the tension when you hit the rocket boost. So like if you just kind of if you push it down ever so slightly, it'll actually like boop 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 boop. boop. Like yep. it you, it actually like vibrates your hand because you're not holding it down enough to like activate the trigger. So you're just getting this like feedback loop, just kind of a like a constant bump. And it's so weird feeling, <laughs> uh, but it's cool because like you want to hold it down all the way. So you actually like, you know, push past the resistance. Hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's the little things in that game. Like it's something that you, uh, you know, if you have a friend over, which probably don't do that right now, but <laughs> if you do, um, and they're like, how's that PS5? You would boot that game up and be like, here, this, this will help you understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so cool that it's free because like, it was my first platinum. Like I didn't want to stop playing it. Um, I had all I had on the system at that point were that and Miles Morales. And like, I would put Miles Morales down because I wanted to play more Astros. Like that's huge. Um, if you know my love of (laughs) Spider-Man and where that game probably is on this list. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I I could say a lot about it because it's like it's the it's the little memories of playing it more so than the game itself. But it's just a joy. It's kind of like what Ben was saying earlier. It's like in a year that mostly sucked, like this game was just a pleasure. Every every moment I spent with it. My number four game of the year is Paper Mario: The Origami King. Okay. Uh, I am not a Paper Mario player. I kind of played the first one a little bit on the Wii Virtual Console. I love Super Paper Mario, but I never really don't think I beat it. I think I'm like at the end or something. Oh, yeah, that one was great. Yeah. Um, and I only reason I bought this is just because I saw uh, Andre uh, Black Nerd Comedy stream it on Twitch because I originally I, I that ring system was like mm, fuck that that looks stupid. Uh, <laughs> it still is stupid. Um, yeah. in regular fights at least, but luckily you can avoid almost every fight in the game, which is I think is a good thing. Um. Uh, but then I saw him stream it, and there's a moment where a a tree is revived through the power of soul, <laughs> and I was sold. I'm like, and can't just soul. when you, yeah, just when huh? you think this game can't get any weirder or funnier, it does. Like I, I think some people were tardacious because initially it starts out very Mario, like, oh, here's the green world. Then you get out of there, and it, like some of the best looking areas I've seen in a Mario game ever, even though it's a paper aesthetic, like very beautiful visuals um, and very well done stuff with the uh, paper, mecha- uh, paper stuff um, setting. Uh, but honestly, what really made me love the story, uh, the game is the story uh, and the adventure aspect of being able to move around. And it's more of a exploration adventure game versus a typical like role-playing game. Um, and honestly, the only reason it's this fucking high is because it's the only <clears throat> game to make me cry. Uh, it is the only game this year that's on this list that like made me break down in tears. Uh, and and I didn't expect it when it happened, 
uh, it was like I kind of foresaw it based on the events that happened. I'm like, no, they're gonna they're gonna write their way out of this. this is, there's no way. There's no way. And there I am sitting at work at my lunch break, playing that moment, literally wanting to just go home and cry because of what just happened. Um, and uh, God, like, it's not the deepest game, but it, it, like you don't have to be super deep to connect with characters you just have to give them a, a, a line to to the people and that's all you need um and i love the conflict with olivia and the origami king why he wants to do why he's doing what he's doing the you know the the, the idea of sentience what does it mean are you know are, am i truly like it, it goes into some things that i didn't expect it to go to um and like some of the boss fights were annoying the fights are annoying but when when you nail those boss fights, they're really cool visually. Like they put a lot of effort in this game, and I feel like if you're a salty Paper Mario fan because it's not a turn-based RPG, you need to either shut up about the series and play the game and actually experience it for yourself. Um, or if you're never if you've never played a Paper Mario game, this is the perfect one to start. It it really is because to me, Paper I don't associate Paper Mario with. RPG, I associate Paper Mario with weird and quirkiness, and this has weird and quirky from start to finish. Uh, it was, if anything, Paper Mario was my surprise of the year because I was going into it expect, not even getting it, expecting to hate it, um, and I fell in love. Uh, rest in peace, Bobby. You will never, ever be forgotten. <laughs> Alright, so uh, my number four is going to be Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. So. A lot of games on this list come from franchises from my youth, I noticed. So <laughs> it's no surprise that one based off of Dragon Ball Z would make it above the others. Honestly, I was kind of skeptical of this game at first. Like, oh, it's another Dragon Ball Z game that follows the whole story. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it's actually better than that. And my <clears throat> my fears were allevi- alleviated as soon as I popped the game in for the first time. This was actually uh, the first new game I played for the year, and uh, yeah, this was a really great experience. Like, uh, yeah, as you would expect, it follows the story of Dragon Ball Z uh, from uh, the confrontation with Raditz all the way to the end uh, uh, with the final confrontation of Majin Buu. Uh, spoilers if you haven't watched Dragon Ball Z before. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it does follow the story to a T. And uh, the presentation on it's really good. I would say out of any Dragon Ball game, this probably has the best story mode out of any single one, like bar none. Mm-hmm. It used to be Dragon Ball Z Budokai, just because it had the the cutscenes, which have not aged well. Oh god, they have not <laughs> aged well at all. But yeah, this definitely has the best story mode out of any Dragon Ball Z game. Because it even touches up on some of the smaller details that a lot of uh, past games don't really touch up on, like the whole cat and mouse aspect with uh, Vegeta pulling fast ones on Frieza and his men on Namek, <laughs> or uh, even some new twists that weren't in the original, like uh, like when uh, Gohan becomes a Super Saiyan 2 against Cell. Like Before that confrontation, they put in a little scene where uh, Gohan interacts with android 16 they become friends like they just interact with each other and share their uh, mutual love for uh animals and birds and stuff you know <laughs> uh typical android 16 stuff yep. you know all that's cool and i really enjoyed that part in particular because 
it made Android 16's death and Gohan's transformation that much more impactful. And uh, yeah, uh, as for gameplay, uh, it's pretty much like a less stiff version of the Xenoverse games. Like, you shoot off Kamehameha's and uh, sh- uh, punch the occasional Cybermen or Red Ribbon Army robots uh, in the face with all these different moves. Uh, you play as you play as Goku, of course, uh, and you also play as Gohan, Piccolo, Vegeta, and even Trunks in some points. Uh, mm. They all have their own movesets. They're all really cool. Um, but honestly, the gameplay itself isn't what uh, isn't the biggest thing to sell me on this game. It's basically the stuff that surrounds it. Like you mm-hmm. spend a lot of time training. Uh, Basically, uh, if you've watched Dragon Ball Z before, you know that uh, before, like, major arcs or whatever, uh, the characters would actually spend time training and honing their skills. You know, character development moments and stuff like that. They actually have a justification for becoming stronger. And you do that a lot in this game, along with the occasional minigames like driving cars, uh, shooting dinosaurs to get their meat. (laughs) cooking stuff, fishing with your tail, which is really fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, this is all really cool stuff. And I even enjoyed the new DLC that they added, uh, which is based off of the two newer movies. The first one being a, a loose interpretation of Battle of Gods, although not really. The whole premise is you're on Lord Beerus's planet trying to become Super Saiyan gods, even though Vegeta doesn't become a Super Saiyan god in the original, but he does here. Huh. So that's cool. But the new DLC, the one based off of Resurrection F, is honestly better than the movie it's based on. Hmm. Like, they actually make Super Saiyan Blue viable. Like, it actually makes it earned. Whereas in the movie, it's just, oh, I just have this. It's cool. Don't question it. Uh, But yeah. uh, And in the new DLC, they added in horde battles, which, if you remember in Resurrection F, there was a shit ton of Frieza soldiers that attacked them all at once. And you fight over a hundred dudes at once, and <laughs> there are even points where you can wipe out a whole bunch of them all at once if you get in a good hit. So it becomes a Warriors and game. That was cool. Uh, yeah, it kind of turns into a Warriors game, <laughs> kinda, but with Dragon Ball. That's kind of cool, actually. I'm kind of yeah. surprised they haven't done a Dragon Ball Warriors game. I don't, yeah, I don't think they have. Yeah, I'm surprised, too. They've done it for One Piece, but not for yeah. Dragon Ball. Huh. But, uh, yeah. Um, all the more epic... Uh, Moments of the show are completely intact and, in some cases, amplified. Like, the Goku versus Frieza fight in uh, both the base game and in the DLC are really fucking good. And the final battle with Kid Buu is one of the best experiences I had with the final boss fight. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, it exceeded my expectations, and I'm really glad I played this one. Yeah. I can't wait to play more of it, man. Uh, so my so good. yeah. Uh, number four for me is also Astro's Playroom. Uh, just to <laughs> add on to what Justin said, um, one of my favorite things in this game is the museum, and you're mm. basically just collecting all these different like PlayStation uh gadgets that they've released over the years, and each level like you get uh, a console at the end, like it's dedicated to that one console. So it's like a PlayStation one, two, three, four world. Um. And it separates the room into each one of their own generations. Um, and that's one of my favorite things because, like, I could just go in and expect, like, like I don't remember this GPS thing coming out here. I think it didn't, it didn't come out here. Like, the PSP G- GPS. I think that was only yeah, it's in like Japan. educational on Sony history. Yeah. Like, it's, 
you don't see a lot of like uh Sony like respecting their history. So it's like really cool to have this game that like respects it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um it's what PlayStation All-Star should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um like it really it is a museum. Like yeah. it's named that for a reason. It's yeah. and everything's so detailed. Yes, uh, yeah, just it's a beautiful looking game. It's one of the best mm-hmm. looking games this year. Um but yeah, just as already said a whole bunch about this game, so let's move on into number three. Okay. Uh, number three, for me, is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, this Ooh. was another that was actually pretty early in the year. Um, I kind of forgot it came out this year. But um, <clears throat> I remember that it was going to be on my list. I was like, oh, it must have come out this year. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm the one that kept saying, like, this game doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. Um, when it finally did exist and came out, it ended up being pretty good. <laughs> um, I think if this was a stronger year for gaming, it wouldn't have been so high. But, like, at the end of the day, it's a new Final Fantasy game. Like, I love Final Fantasy. Wait. There we go. See my Chocobo? I love Final Fantasy. <laughs> um, Validated. Yeah. So like it was it was going to be on the list regardless. Um but like Final Fantasy VII is not my favorite Final Fantasy game. Um I don't think it's like overrated. I just it doesn't stick with me like it does other people. But I think this like it tells the story and like makes me care about the characters more than I did originally. Like I love Jessie. She's great. I I didn't really care about her at all before. But now I love her. Um, and, like, the same with Biggs and Wedge. Like, I thought Wedge was kind of cool originally. Like, he, you know, <laughs> he had his, like, stomach issues. And, like, it was, it was funny. But, like... Everyone loves a big, them... fat guy with stomach issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, none of those three really had characters. And now, like, they get substantial, like, story beats. Um, and, like, the main cast, yeah, they're still all great and everything. Um, I think some of them are served better than others, mostly Red 13. But, um, I mean, as far as, like, being shafted. Um, but you meet him so late, anyway. It's weird that it's only, like, not even a third of the full game. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you don't, like, if you've never played Final Fantasy VII, and you just check this out, like, it's still a really solid, somewhat standalone 40-hour experience. Uh, there's a lot of I mean, references I've, I've, that you'll never got you'll you'll you won't get like there's right. a lot there's a lot harken back to but that i mean well. like as far as you know beginning to end like it's it leaves you wanting more but at least it ends at a logical point you know like there's plenty of other games where like the final cut scene is them all looking longingly at something better like <clears throat> it's doing that but we know there's more, so of course, you know, we wonder. Um, although the actual, like, kind of, not post-credits, but, like, the actual, like, ending credits cutscene thing is is pretty weird. Um, I won't spoil it, even though it's been almost a year, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's very good. Like, I haven't really touched the combat or anything, because I, I don't really care about it. Like, it's fine. Um, I mean, it's better than, like, Final Fantasy XV and stuff, but the, the, the combat's kind of a means to an end. Like, I love the story and the characters and stuff, 
And I play through the fights because they get me to the next story beat. Um, but that's kind of how most RPGs are anyway. Uh, very few games, like, the combat is the main draw. But yeah, it's great. I assume it's also on your list. My number three game of the year <laughs> is... Doom Eternal. I did not expect this to be on my list uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, I didn't own the console for it, and the Switch port was <laughs> nowhere to be seen up until a month, literally a month ago. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, great job, Panic Button, on that fucking port. Good lord. Yeah. Port of the fucking generation, man. Um, but I got this because it came out for Xbox Game Pass, right? A little around the same time I got my Xbox One. <laughs> I don't regret purchasing my Xbox One. I love my machine. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to like this game because those of you who have listened to the show before, I have a notorious problem with first person shooter games where the camera just fucks with my head so much. Uh, the only exception being the outer worlds is the only game that did not cause me head nausea. Uh, but I champ, I power through this game, even though multiple times I wanted to vomit, not from the gore, but more just for like the camera shaking. Um, you want to talk about empowerment. You want to talk about feeling like a fucking badass. You want to talk about ripping and tearing until it's done. This game was awesome. It, it feels so good to growing through arena and just, bam, you're dead. Chainsaw, bam, you're dead. Um, flamethrower, give me armor, bam, you're dead. <laughs> Glory kill, bam, you're dead. Switch to bazooka, bam, all you fuckers are dead. It is so arcadey, it is so good, it is so addicting. Uh, even when I was getting my ass kicked, and god, those later sections oh, are yeah. super punishing, <laughs> but fuck, I felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator went over and over again. Uh, but I couldn't because it was like 2 in the morning at that point. Um... God, they they just did such a fucking it software did an amazing job with the sequel. Uh like I don't know, like to me, like I don't know how you evolve from this in terms of gameplay mechanic. Um but god, it was just so perfect. The only reason it's not the, not a number 1. It honestly could have been number 1. It it was number 1 for a while. They had to make the fucking Marauder a reoccurring fucking character. Yeah. That is the worst thing about this game. Um, and, or making bosses normal characters. Most of them are fine. Most of them I can deal with. And it's like, okay, come on, bitch. Let's dance. But the Marauder slows everything down. The, it's the antithesis of Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the, I will defend the first time fighting him because it's cool. It's lore to it. It's a neat moment. God, I swear to God, I wanted to break my controller when I saw that son of a bitch come out. I'm like, what are you doing here? Go away! And I would die multiple times to this son of a bitch because it's pretty much, you're waiting for him. And I hated that. But most, luckily, that's not most of the game. Most of the game is great arena shooting. Like Thomas said, lots of open areas to find crevices, find your root, as, as like to call it. And basically just running gun, running gun, chainsaw. It's, and of course, I have to mention the soundtrack by Mick Gordon. Like, even though he apparently was not, um, a fan of this edit, like he even famously said it on Twitter, <laughs> wow. uh, he may not even score the next Doom game. Wow. Um, 
God, I think the track is The Only Thing They Fear Is You, which is probably what you heard in the trailers. You want to talk about, like, I'm a person, you know, who, like, music, music, you know, fighting game music gets me pumped. And, like, there's a certain, not obviously not just me, but, like, anybody. But, like, you hear a certain thing, and they they knew when to play those musical cues, and they just go, let's go. It's yeah. it just doesn't make it because it just gets too punishing towards the end. Like I feel like it's unfairly punishing, uh, to, but luckily change just change the difficulty, so it's not. That's why it's not lower. Um, but oh, god, they they fucking nailed it. They almost nailed it. They almost nailed it. It's it's ninety nine percent there. Just <laughs> remove the remoter. Just just remove him. I will. Bethesda. Actually, no. I don't. I'm not gonna give him ideas. But. Fucking, I don't know how you top this in terms of gameplay, but that's why Doom Eternal number three, uh, Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal is my number three game of the year. I hope you guys are really feeling this one because my number three is Xenoblade Chronicles, the definitive edition. Whoa. I was going to say, which anime game is it this time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, the original Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii is one of my favorite RPGs in the 2010s. Uh, honest, and it made me sad that not a lot of people played it when it first came out because of uh, it wasn't widely circulized over here in America. Enter the Definitive Edition, which is a remaster for the Switch that does much more than enhancing the graphical fidelity, i.e. pretty much just uh, borrowing the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 graphic engine. But I digress. Um, there's an auto-run mechanic that makes exploring the wide, expansive areas much more manageable. There's a updated UI that makes things, uh, much more manageable and a little less cluttered. Uh, you can, um, equip any clothing item that you want, uh, to, um, uh, how do I put it? To pretty much, uh, just equip all your shit. Uh, without having to make it look mismatched. And uh, the, for the longest time, this is something I've been wanting since the original, they added in waypoints for the side quests, so you don't have to wander around, around aimlessly trying to complete all of these uh, side missions. And yeah, that's a huge change that I immediately noticed, and I was like, yes, finally. So yeah, uh, the combat's still Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, you uh, manage your arts like you would uh, in real time. Everyone's still talk. Everyone's still talking. Uh, <clears throat> you know, just saying like I'm really feeling it, man. What a bunch of jokers! All the memes. Um, I love the story uh, and the cast of characters that you recruit in the game are some of my favorite in any RPG. Like, there's not a single character in the party that I don't dislike. Which is a rarity, yes. honestly, com- uh, considering um, the next two games, which is a bit of a spoiler. But I digress again. Um, the newest thing that they add in for the Definitive Edition is there's a new epilogue that takes place at the end of the main campaign called, uh, what's it called again? Yes. Future Connected, um, which features Shulk and Melia going on a new adventure on the Bionis' shoulder. It's honestly not that great, but... I appreciate the effort of uh, adding in a new story segment regardless. Uh, Yeah, uh, I would say that out of any re-release for this game, Definitive Edition is the best way to go. Uh, It's the Definitive Edition? (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's completely accurate to its name. 
Nice. Uh, so my number three is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, number three, baby. Uh, I'm glad that was worth all the effort to get it to 1 you. 1 plus 2 makes 3. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you, Justin, for <laughs> gifting me this copy. Um, but, no, uh, Tyler's mentioned for Animal Crossing that, that that was his comfort game. This was kind of my comfort game. And Justin knows I'm not great at this kind of thing. Like, I'm not great at Tony Hawk. Um, but I just, I just love, I just love playing it. It's just one of those things where, like, doing a simple kickflip is, like, good enough for me. Um, I, I, unlike him, I, I actually did all the, uh, all the stages in Tony Hawk 1. I don't know if I finished 2 or not, and I need to go check on that. But after that, I just felt like going online and playing. And it didn't matter to me if I was in, uh, the last or losing spot. Like, I just had fun, like, pulling off the tricks and seeing what I could do uh, with my character, see what I could do. Um, I well, want- Real quick, that was one of the issues I had with the game, is, like, I kept waiting for the, you know, the online to get fixed, so it could just be you and me playing, like, any of the skate parks. Yeah. And it never released, so no. I never got back into it. Yeah, I don't I don't know <laughs> if they've done anything with the online. Um, right. I don't think they have, but the... Uh, the one thing I really wanted to get into, which I don't think I'll ever will, is the uh, Crater Skate or Crater Park. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that people have done with that is kind of amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But I just have other games that I really want to play and finish and like hundred um, percent. But yeah, it was just, it, again, it was just one of those comfort food things, and they did such a good job of like remaking the game. Um, like graphically, it looks very impressive. The soundtrack—they didn't bring back all the songs, but the songs that are there are, are bangers. Um, yeah, Superman. Yeah, that's all. That's all that matters, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, unironically, it's like one of my favorite songs. So, like, mm-hmm. yes, I need. The, I need to have that. Um, yeah, it's just. It's just one of those like, com- like comfort food game. I can sit there and play it for hours. It's like it's like other people's Tetris. Like they say that <laughs> Tetris is their favorite game. This is like my version of that. So I'm really happy to have that. And thank you, Justin. All right, number two. Um, so anyone that uh, also checks out my YouTube uh, would know that I can uh, talk about my number two for at least 36 minutes. Um, <laughs> Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> uh, but because, you know, at least Ben has to wake up at 5 a.m., I will not talk about it for 36 more minutes. Um, if you want to know my full thoughts on this game and why it surprisingly struck a chord with me um go check out my youtube video uh but i feel like i can i can plug that because i also plug this podcast in the video so it's you know it's okay give and take um it's an ecosystem yeah exactly it all comes full circle um everything's connected as the mcu says um anyway persona 5 royal uh This, I, I, I don't want to repeat too many things from the video, but this is one of those that, like, you guys, or, well, you specifically, Thomas, was talking about a ton, like, when the first Persona 5 came out, and <laughs> I kept making jokes, like, I'm not going to play that. Like, that's it's way too, like, that's way too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I like my, my RPGs at the, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake level, where it's, like, 30 to 40 hours and you can beat it. Um, that sounds way too involved. But, you know, this is 2020. Like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm home all the time. Like, I figured, what better time than now to jump into a 100-hour game? Uh, And, like, it wouldn't have hit at any other time, I don't think. Uh, 
Because, it, I mean, it did come out this year. Like, it came out in, what, March? Um, yeah, it came out in March. Yeah, so it's fully eligible, despite being, you know, essentially a definitive edition of Persona 5. But, honestly, like, I looked it up, and the content it adds is substantial. Um, it's not, like, the third semester, I think, is enough on its own. Because that's an extra, like, 20 hours of gameplay. And one of the best palaces in the game. Um, but all throughout, there's just random new content. Like, new characters, new events with existing characters, um, new sections of, of the city map to explore, new areas in the palaces to explore, like, it's, it's interwoven in a way that they couldn't have just released it as DLC. It is essentially a new game. That's built on top of a, you know, three-year-old game. Um. But, yeah, everything about this game just, like, just hit with me in a weird way. Like, it's one of those where, like I said, you know, with Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, most RPGs don't, like, the, the combat isn't the thing that draws you in. The combat drew me in in this game. Like, it's strong. Um, the style is there. Like, I'm sure everyone's seen, at least in Smash Bros., you know, the, the flare out from the characters of, like, the, the different actions and stuff you can do. Like, it's all style, but it works. It's a very visual, like, it kind of reminds me of Mario RPG, where, you know, you hit one button to do one thing, another button to do another thing. Like, it's all just, it's there. You don't get lost in menus and everything. Um, but I love the, the way that you can, like, toggle your personas to go to different, uh, different elements. And, like, different enemies have different elemental weaknesses and strengths and stuff, kind of like Pokemon. Um, I love that you kill your personas to make them stronger. <laughs> and, like, fuse them together. And, like, sometimes <laughs> the guillotine gets stuck and they have to pull out the chainsaw to kill it instead. Like, it's, it's so stylistic and crazy. Um, and the exploration in the metaverse feels very, like, Zelda-ish. Because it's like, you know, you're just high school kids going around, going to class, you know, dating, doing whatever. But then you go into this weird fantasy realm where you're, like, jumping around doing platforming in these crazy, weird palace places. And, like, finding treasure chests and, like, you know, fighting monsters and <clears throat> stopping the evil. And, like, it all just, it's such a cool blend of genres that I all love separately, but just didn't think I would play in this game because it was too much altogether. Um, but, again, because, like, I'm not going outside, like, the social aspects were were really good with me. Um, that's the part that any other time, I think, would have made me fall off. Like, I would have loved the the initial, like, jump into the palace and everything. And then the between times, I would have been like, all right, let, come on, let's go. Like, I don't care. And I, I probably would have would have dropped off around the time you finish the first palace and just have time left after it. Uh, but, like, I I was just, like, hard up for social interaction. FBI, open up! So I was like, yes, hang out with me, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Whatever. I don't care. My character's 17. It's fine. <laughs> um, but, like, that stuff ended up working really well for me. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I already talked about this game plenty in my video, but 
it was it was one that I put 150 hours into in about a month. Um, because I I looked up like my obviously I was like I was cycling my saves, but it didn't have like you know the first one or anything like the date on it. But I saw the date I purchased it. Um, well, purchased Royal. I started with P5, which was free on PlayStation 5 through backwards compatibility. But I purchased Persona 5 Royal on the, I think, November 23rd. And I beat the game. I don't know. Do you remember, Tyler? Uh, uh I want to say around December 20 something. Yeah, like I think it was 20th. like right before Christmas or right after. I don't remember which. Uh, it was before, because I remember uh, being the game uh, after you, and that was before. Okay. So yeah, it was right about a month. I did 150 hours in this game in a month. Like, do the <clears> math <throat> on that. <laughs> and, like, mo- there was most of my weekends. Like, nights and weekends were almost entirely that game. Other time was kind of spotty, because um, I had other things I had to do. But, like, yeah, I... It was it was basically a full time job for that month, <laughs> if you think about that. So anyway, that that's all I got. Like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But if you really want to know my thoughts, go watch the video. I agonized over this. I legit agonized <laughs> over number two and one because both are interchangeable. One was a, but at the end of the day, this is my pick. Number two, my number two game of the year is Hades. Mm. Okay. I was similar to Animal Crossing. I was adamant, and Thomas knows, and Justin knows, and even Tyler knows. I don't. I had this no tolerance for <laughs> for uh, uh, roguelike games, and a lot of it stems from how terrible the Binding of Isaac is. You fucking liars! Twenty twenty um, ended up being uh, not you guys, but twenty twenty ended up being the year where you just branched out from yeah your core. True. Yeah, pretty I much. need something to um, play. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I bought this game. I, I just broke it down. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'll buy it. I'll try it. There's no way it can be as good as people are saying. It can't be. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> it is so. It. The problem I have with roguelikes and the ones that I've tried is that it's just literally you you start from zero. You get nothing that run with shit, and everything is RNG. And while that is kind of true for this game, the fact that you still retain some buffs through things you acquire, not key things but enough things to where it feels like you're getting stronger but the fact that it also ties into the narrative you like like you know zeus like not zeus hades shit talking you um all the time or hypno kind of mocking you whenever uh is it hypno yeah, no um what is the the, what the is one the, in the, the hall the, when the, you the, come the back? god of sleep yeah, I know it's H something. Um, or you meet fuck. You learn that Achilles is Zagreus's trainer, uh, stuff like that. And you learn that Zagreus has a very special relationship with death, which, and I mean, <laughs> way more than what you would think yeah. it is. Um, but the layers, the layers and layers there is to this game. Uh, minor spoiler, but uh, there's a lot of scenarios in this game. Mm. I think they put like over like like an absurd amount of voiceover uh, for this game. I think like. Um, so like every time you do a new run, it's always something new. So one of the first bosses you fight is a fury. And after a while, I, I've, I've managed to kick her ass a couple of times. She's gotten me a couple of times too. Um, Meg. but then I, what was, was her that? name? Meg. 
Yeah, Meg, Megara, yeah. Um, she also has a very special I, relationship. I, 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 lo- I love how, like, um, but, uh, like, casual they are. Like, after you beat her, she ends up in the tavern, and you can just talk to her, and it's like, hey, Meg, it's like, get get away from me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but then, to, just, just today, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, come on, Meg, let's dance. Wait, you're not Meg. Who the fuck are oh, you? Oh shit! It's another. It's like, yeah, yeah. You you meet her sisters. Oh, she talks about her sisters, and yeah. you, I, yeah, you eventually meet. I, I imagine if you beat the game, you could never see. If you're good enough and you beat the game, you may not see them. Yeah. But if you're like terrible out of it, like me, or you just like playing the game, you do so many runs, you'll probably run to them at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have made it to Elysium, which is the third area of the game, and I almost beat the the boss of Elite the the boss of Elysium. So I was almost there that was that was the run uh but it didn't matter because i wanted to do it again i wanted to do it again it's addictive it is serious it is that game of just one more just 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 one more come on and i love the design the character design is so to use a term godlike (laughs) uh you meet other gods that gives you buffs and they're all uniquely designed uh zeus poseidon Ares, Dionysus, uh, Aphrodite, Hermes. There, like, there's a couple of gods that aren't there, but like, or I call, I called uh, Poseidon Aquaman a couple of times because <laughs> he looks like Jason Momoa. T- tell me, tell me I'm wrong, but like. I love that, like Thomas saying, I'm not usually into builds, but I love that he's like, oh, okay, I like I have the sword, so I usually like to pair the sword with Aphrodite's uh, buffs. I, I whenever I get her, cause she her buff her stuff, she can reflect things. That is so good. Or Aquaman's can like stuff can push away. There's so many things. Plus, you can sell buffs at certain points. You can, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I love playing that wager. Do I go to this room to get more gems? Do I go to this room to get more uh, purple stones, I'm going to call them. I can't remember exactly what they're called. Darkness. But it's it's like, I've, yeah, I, I've played other Supergiant games. i played Bastion. i played Transistor. They're all fine games. I think they're all really good. I think this is like the pinnacle yeah, this is, of their this game is their design. Best one. Like, everything that they've learned and they've combined it. Like, seriously, if you're not a fan of roguelikes, I get it. They're intimidating. They suck. This is the this is the exception. This is the rule that gets broken. Because, yeah, you're going to die. You're going to die a lot. But that's the point of the game. That is literally the point of the game. And if you love narrative stuff... You, I never feel bad about dying because then I always think, oh, who am I going to meet this time? Because every time you're going to hear something different. Somebody's not going to be there. Or you talk to Dusa, who's an adorable oh, little, I love uh, little floating Oh, I love Dusa. I love her so much. I want to give her a gift, but I, I just I never see her yes. anymore. <laughs> you can't look her in the eye. Yeah. She'll, <laughs> yeah. Or, or you'll hear uh, characters over like talking to each other about a situation. Um, and there's still more characters that I haven't found yet. Uh, like, yeah, I still do. The biggest shock of 2020 have, for me. I bought it late. Uh, have you met Chaos yet? Um, yes, I've met that freaky son of a bitch, Chaos. Yes. Chaos is pretty cool. Cause, I only go there when I'm feeling desperate or I'm feeling wiry. Yeah, Chaos <laughs> is very cool because uh, when, when, like the way she gives you her buff is that... Um, or its buff. I don't know what it is. She takes something away from yeah. you. Or she gives you a negative thing. She gives thing, you a negative thing. And for, then you have to complete yeah, it. For a few rounds, you have to complete it. And then you get a really good like buff to it. It's like 100% increase the damage or some other 
crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much high, uh, high risk, high reward kind of thing. Which I'm like, sometimes I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling it this run, or sometimes I'm like, okay, give it to me, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that run that I almost, I made almost had Elysium. I had a buff from Chaos. So um, seriously, Super Giant Games, that they like, this is it. To me, if I play another rogue like this, is the standard. Mm-hmm. This is the standard. <laughs> yeah. Every okay, maybe not in the amount of dialogue because that's kind of absurd. But in terms of just making me feel like I'm somewhat progressing, <clears throat> because that's the shitty thing I always hate about roguelikes. Like I was never progressing. I'm always dying. I'm always starting at zero. He, I, I like. Yeah, I never felt like I was doing that with this game. Another thing they did really was well the, 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 uh, in like the terms of progression is that. Um... Yeah, you, you already mentioned the, the mirror on the wall where you can upgrade your actual abilities. But also, like, just the aesthetics, like, of the room itself. Yes. Uh, you could get stuff that, like, uh, blood carpeting or, like, gold drapes or, like, stuff for your room where it's, like, an actual, like, useful thing. Like, telling you how many enemies you've killed and uh, how many times you died. Or giving you, like, uh, the the challenges for the game. So, like, getting to a certain point right. and killing so many things. Like you get an extra bonus to mm-hmm. it. get like killing killing with this weapon. Yeah. Oh my god! And the weapons, the weapons are all so unique. And Some of them I like better than others. And you can upgrade the artifacts that you equip on yourself too. Like, yes, that's also cool yeah. too. Like, there's so much depth to this game. Like, and you get them with ev- with a gift when you ever you give to somebody. And Cerberus is like really good. <laughs> he gives you like a bunch of health, and you can just upgrade. Like, you can upgrade that by completing different rooms. Like, how many rooms you complete with it on. And I think I have like a yeah. hundred plus something health, like starting off now. Pretty cool. That's oh, that's awesome. Especially because I think you start out with fifty. Yeah, this was the surprise. Like usually, I think every t- every year we've done this, this, I've always had like an indie game that's like right up there. And like <laughs> I didn't know what it was going to be this year because I didn't really have one. Carrion disappointed me. Um, I think there was other ones that I just missed out, like they or they didn't hit as much as I wanted to. This hit. Like this was this was the hype and more. And I was like, that's, I, like, I'm, it's gonna, like, I've, I've got, um, the other, there's the other couple of roguelikes. I got Dead Cells now, cause I'm like, okay, if this is good, I've heard a lot about Dead Cells, so, like, I, I'm not 100% in the genre, <laughs> but if I hear something good, I'm, I'm in. I, uh, like, I'm, I'm in. That's, but that's why Hades, it paint, God, it was, it was close. It was close to number one, I won't lie, mm. but, um, but that's why it's number two. Ben, every time you talk about a game, it makes me want to play it. Like, you you have this way of, like, selling things. Yeah, he's the best at it. Yeah. Like, even when it's a game I already know and have played, I'm like, man, I want to play that again. <laughs> I don't know what your magic he's is. He's the best hype man. He is. Yeah. Thank you. Alright, so, uh, my number two, I guess. Uh, this is gonna, a bit of a shock for me, mostly, but <laughs> it's gonna be Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, so, FF7 was my very first Final Fantasy game, so I'm inclined to say it's my favorite in the series. Mine too. Followed by 10. Yep. It was my first, but it's not my favorite. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, uh, the wait for this game, as you may know, was very agonizing, and there are a whole bunch of, uh, this game's not coming out memes, as Justin (laughs) has, uh, mentioned before. And I was a bit of a doubter myself, but... When the game finally came out, I was so hyped, and uh, yeah, this game delivers and more. Like, uh, yeah, it's basically just the whole Midgar section from the original Final Fantasy VII, which in the original was about six hours, give or take, but uh, they expanded it in such a natural way 
that it can it can be completed in about the same time as any other game in the series, around 40 hours. But yeah, this is a really enjoyable 40 hours for me. Like I love the characters, the the new um the new graphical fidelity, Midgar looks great. All the characters and NPCs look amazing. I love how uh, all the existing characters are completely changed up and even amplified in some instances, specifically for Cloud and Aerith, uh, the latter of which completely steals the show in many intervals. Yeah, Aerith is probably my favorite so far. It used to be Tifa, but now it's Aerith all the way. And her voice actor is so cute, too. <laughs> yeah, and she, she was streaming the game, too. Aerith. Yeah, that was adorable. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, unlike Justin, who uh, didn't really care that much for the gameplay that much, I was actually all in for uh, how the game, the battle mechanics were handled here. Like, I love, like, real-time combat ever since... Uh, I played Kingdom Hearts as a kid, so uh, this kind of catered to me a bit more. Uh, and I will agree that it is better than 15, uh, mm-hmm. mainly because of uh, how the materia system integrates with the combat. Mm-hmm. Like, I love switching around all the different types of materia and just experimenting with different builds for all four characters. And uh, just juggling just juggling dudes uh, with uh, magic spells and physical attacks is so cool. Like, I love that shit. Uh, yeah, the only gripe I have with this game, honestly, is... Uh, the side content just feels superfluous. <clears throat> like, it's just only mm-hmm. there mostly for padding. And I'm sure you can agree with that. And it's forced padding, but, too. It's stuff like, you have to do this before you move on. <laughs> yeah. It, it, is, it is a genuine problem, but it's small potatoes compared to everything around it. Yeah. Like, I enjoy this game a lot. Like, I took an entire week off of work just so I could play <laughs> this game. So, uh, yeah. Um... Uh, I really enjoyed this game. Um, here's to part two coming out uh, in at least five years. Who knows when that will happen, though. Yeah. At the end of the PS5's life cycle. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, so no surprise here, but Final Fantasy VII Remake is also my number two. And the the look on my face when I looked up and saw the plates. Like, this game put into perspective so much of what Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII, the original, could not do. Um, like I definitely like this more than the original Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, yeah. What else was it? Uh, one of my favorite parts of the game is like you actually like it changes up the game where um there's different there's more to it than it was in the original. Um, like you actually go into uh Sector Seven when the plate has fallen and you like try and rescue people. Um, or just I can't remember what it was exactly, but anyways, like you actually yeah, see right. the aftermath of what's happened. Um. And just exploring other aspects to the original game, which... It... And more of the behind-the-scenes elements of, like, you know, the, the inner workings of the politics of it all. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Uh... Which I think as adults we appreciate more, because it's like, <laughs> oh, that's... That would happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was basically... Yeah, exactly. The beginning of the game where it's basically, like, a 9-11. Like... Mm-hmm. Um... Well, it's not, well, it's not really... Okay. Anyways, um... <laughs> Yeah, you guys have already said everything about this game, but I wanted to bring up those aspects because those are the things that really wowed me the most for um, mm-hmm. 7, was just the expansion upon an already great game. Um, So yeah, number one, Justin, take it away. Let's see, what? Ugh. What is my number one, I wonder? 
For, yeah. for those listening, he's wearing. Ow. I fucking. Oh, I knew this was going to Justin, are you okay? I'm fine. I knew this was going to happen as soon as he started doing that. I was like, he's going to fall. Oh he's going to fall. That wasn't worth the bet. If you're in chat, clip that shit. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. I got to get up. Yeah. Oh, my. So, Ow. for those listening, Justin was leaning back showing his, like, Spider-Man pajamas, and he just fucking fell. <laughs> he just fell backwards. It actually did hurt quite a bit. Yeah, I assume. Ow. I'm I'm glad this chair has a backing and that there's a futon behind me. Yeah, you're lucky, man. Oh, all right. But Lo- I didn't lose my headphones. Lowe's in the chat, by the way. He's just laughing his ass off. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> um, hello. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> number one with a bullet is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, surprising no one, I'm sure. Everything you said about it is. Well, most things you said about it are right. It's short. Um, the pacing is kind of weird. But I loved every minute of it. Like, it's one of those games where it was about probably eight to ten hours to complete. Um, like, story-wise, I, you know, I did the side quests and everything, but I didn't, like, 100% it. Like, I didn't get the platinum or anything in the first try. Um, but as soon as I beat it, I wanted to jump back in. Like I loved it that much, and I was like, <clears throat> "That was that was quick. I could do it again." <laughs> um, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, and unlike you, I actually liked that there weren't as many gadgets. Um, because sorry, I'm still thinking about the fact that I fell over. Um, <laughs> because like, I, I felt like the combat was actually more dynamic. I didn't really play around with the gadgets that much in the first game. Uh, they all felt kind of samey to me. It's like. Do you want a regular web shooter? Do you want a web bomb? Do you want uh, this other web that's kind of like the same thing, but has a bit of a different impact effect? Like, this one, you have your your web shooter gadget, you know, gadget, uh, and then you have three other gadgets that are actually, like, very different from each other and feel kind of, like, unique compared to Peter's gadgets. And to mix that up, you also have your electricity abilities and your camouflage abilities. And, like, all of that stuff makes Miles a more dynamic fighter because it's not just, you know, webs and mostly web-based gadgets. Like, you can, you know, swoop into a fray, uh, do a crazy, like, electric AoE attack, camouflage yourself, and dart back out to take everyone out stealth. And, like, it just... it because the problem I had with the first game is there was a lot of, like, stealth combat challenges where if you if you goof and get seen, like, it's over. It's just a combat challenge then. With this one, it's like, you can, you know, you can jump in, attack some folks, and then jump back out and hide. Um, and especially, like, getting the platinum, it helped a lot because there was some things where you have to, like, do a stealth takedown from the wall, do stealth takedowns from the ceiling. Do I think there was another one, but I had already completed it. Um, and so like grinding those out, like when as soon as you're seen, you're it's over, like would be so annoying. But when you can you know do a few wall uh, takedowns, 
And then if you're seen, just kind of go in hiding for a bit and then come back out, then continue doing your platinum. Like, it's it's great. Um, so, like, I found myself actually playing around with the gadgets a lot more because there's less of them. Uh, I could just, you know... the I think the first one, like, the radial got to me. Like, it felt overwhelming. Kind of scrolling around the, you know, the eight-way gadget wheel. Um... Whereas in this one, like, because there's only four, I, like, drop down to a direction, play with that one for a bit, do some electric stuff, swap over to another one, you know, play around. Like, they were more situational rather than, like, uh, and, and the first one, it made me mad because, like, I would always want to be on the, I think the impact bomb or whatever it was called that, like, webs them against the wall immediately. I always wanted to be on that one. Like, I didn't care about any of the others. <clears throat> and every time it would, like, reset a combat encounter, it would switch me back to just the regular web shooters, and I wouldn't realize it at first. So, like, <clears throat> I would try to, you know, do some kind of cool thing, and it would just, like, Pee! just hit him with a little web. <clears throat> Where, whereas, like, this one, I didn't feel, like, I felt like I had more ability outside of just the gadgets. So, like, I didn't really care about that as much. Um, but it was it was a tighter... Sorry, I spent way too much time on one thing. Um, you knew this was coming. Was, I know. It was... I have, I, have, I have a concussion. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, God. It was, uh, it was a tighter experience. It didn't have all of the, like, the fluff stuff. Like, each, um, each crime in each district you only have to do once. You can do those as many times as you want, but, like, for completion, you only have to do them once, like, with all of the objectives completed to, like, get completion of that thing. So, like, 100% completing the game, for example, I wouldn't say it's easier, but, like, it's it's less obnoxious. Um, and I think the side quests are uh, a lot more um, interesting. Like, they're intrinsically tied to, like, Miles wanting to uh, make himself known in Harlem. And, like, the whole ending, kind of, like, again, without spoilers, like, diving into the idea of, like, Miles is Harlem's Spider-Man. Like, those side quests make that feel, uh, uh, it, it makes that impact more in the end. Um, because, like, the town's coming together for someone that's, like, helped all of them. Um. Whereas, like, the first one, the side quest just kind of felt like things to fill time, for the most part. <clears throat> uh, so, I don't know. I, I, like, I've seen developer interviews and stuff saying that they actually enjoyed making this game more because they could tell, like, a, you know, a more compact story. And, like, because it was on a smaller budget, smaller timetable, things like that, they had to cut out that extra stuff that was just time filler. Um, so it allowed them to kind of narrow their focus on just the things they wanted to do and polish all of those things more. Um, and I, I liked that. But that's all. I'm going to go get a nice pack. All right, really take care of yourself. I want to hear the rest of these. <laughs> I'm fine. So here we are. What is my game of the year? Uh... I want to do give a quick shout out because I di I didn't put it on this list because it technically came out last year and just per my rules it didn't count. But shout outs to the Outer Worlds, um, because it's the only FPS that I can play without causing head nauseous, and it was an amazing game. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> but 
my game of the year, to no surprise, well, maybe it's a surprise, cause it, but is Streets of Rage 4. I have been wanting to play this game for so long. Uh, Streets of Rage 2, not so much 3, but Streets of Rage 2 is one of the best beat-em-ups of all time. Uh, it's better than Final Fight. You can, you can as much as I love Capcom, Streets of Rage just beats it in every single fashion. Uh, especially right. at the home market. Uh, home console, at least. And um, I remember when this game first... And, I, and the reason why this is number one over Hades is because I didn't know what to expect with Hades. Versus my expectations for Streets of Rage 4 were through the roof. I expected, like, especially um, with the quality of what was on Street of Rage 2, even though that was a Genesis game in 1991 <laughs> or 92, something like that. It was um, 91. 91. Okay, thank you. And um, in seeing, being teased for, like, I think almost a year and a half, two years of, of like, trailers, I'm like, is it going to come out? Is it going to come out? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be good? And Dot Emu Guard Crush Games, they fucking nailed it. Uh, it, it, it was just Streets of Rage again. It's like it never left. It's like it never left. Axel was a little bit older. Blaze, <laughs> still hot as ever. Um, Adam is back! Um, you know? Uh, it's pure, like, it's simple. You press one button and you do a combo. You got a special. That's it. But it, they, they met the, they expanded the combo system where you can juggle people now. God, that feels so good to it's do. So they good. did the best thing you could do in, in in a beat 'em up in that in like in old school beat 'em ups for those who didn't play them when they were growing up. If you use the special move, you would cost your life. Now in this game, it still costs your life, but like in a Marvel versus Capcom style, you'll have a shading of green. So if you just keep punching, you're gonna gain it back. So it's that high risk, high reward kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. So you're not spamming it all the time, but you can use it more often, granting visual flair. Um, you know, uh, gameplay wise, they fuck it. It feels so good. Like I said, me and Thomas played it together. I've played it at least twenty. I've beaten this game at least. <laughs> 30 times just running through the story mode or running through arcade it's so so good the music the new music is like bellissimo it's perfection uh it's exactly what streets of rage would sound like in the modern era um whether it's the original composer or the new composer it's all perfection but hey maybe that's not your thing you can play with the retro soundtrack for free it's just there the click of a, a, a toggle of a switch it's right there and it's so good and then the bonus the absolute bonus is that they included the sprites for the original streets of rage one two one through three so if you wanted to play axel from streets of rage one you can and you may ask yourself well what why would i want to play streets of rage two axel versus streets of rage one axel their moves are different their supers are different the streets of rage characters get dashes there's a benefit to coming back and playing this game because as you play the game you accumulate more score and you unlock new character you unlock the older sprites and that is so cool i'm so close to unlocking everybody uh i'm like in the latter half of the Streets of Rage 3 characters. Um, and I'm, this is going to go on my list of perfect games. And for those of you who are maybe, <laughs> maybe new to this, a perfect game isn't something that's not without flaws, uh, even though I can't find one in this game, so this <laughs> might quantify. Um, I did, like, list me a flaw and I'll counteract it, but I don't think you can. Um, I could not put this game down when it was coming out. It was... It was not as a comfort food because it was, you know, I like it, I guess it was comfort food. 
like it just felt I could pick it up whenever I can play it whenever and that's why I got it for my switch because I can play it wherever if I maybe I didn't feel like playing this particular game oh let's just load up streets of rage let's just do a couple of, let's just do a run right now um uh and to me it shows that yeah the game's only four hours long it doesn't matter it's an awesome four hours um and it just feels good to know that even though Sega themselves didn't make it that their IPs are not forgotten that um that it still resonates even though it's been 25 years since the last release and that you could say yeah this gets is never getting another sequel and for the longest time never streets of rage 4 that was streets of rage for the longest time and look at that we got a new game that's beautiful that's amazing it's it's it is the love letter to the series if you never played streets of rage 4 streets of rage this is it right here but that is why it's my game of the year because it's a return to form and it, it shattered all my expectations. I will say, Ben, every imagine boy, you're getting a lot of support in the chat right now. So, oh shit, <laughs> people are in agreement. <laughs> so yeah, all there, right, there so, you go. Uh, That's like it's a, it's a unconventional in a year with the dooms and the Final Fantasies and all these other games. No other game was special to me as as Streets of Rage Four. So there you go. All right, so uh, my number one game of the year, uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody Memory. Wait, that's not my number one. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, my actual number one is Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly thought Final Fantasy VII was going to be my number one before I picked <laughs> this game up uh, by the end of March. Uh, I actually played it right after I beat Final Fantasy VII, and once it got its hooks into me, I just couldn't put it down. Like. The story, the characters, the battle system, the life simulator, and the dungeon crawling are all blended together so well that it makes it one of the most special gaming experiences I've ever had. Like, I put myself in the perspective of the main character, who, for all intents and purposes, we'll just call Joker. Uh, He's basically... uh, He's basically a high school student that gets uh, convicted for a crime that he did not commit, and uh, he's uh, sent to a completely different city in a new school where everyone pretty much treats him like human trash. And through a whole bunch of uh, things that happen uh, with the forces that be, uh, he comes into contact with a little universe called the Metaverse, where they pretty much just go into uh, the hearts of these incredibly garbage people, and become and he becomes a phantom thief, uh, which uh, gives him the power to steal the distortions and hearts of these incredibly horrible people and make them good again. And, um, yeah, putting myself in that situation where you're pretty much the underdog in a completely different setting, just uh, forced to make these, to make new friends and uh, new relationships through these unforeseen circumstances really resonates with me. Yeah, almost every character in this game is incredibly complex and interesting. Like, my favorites being uh, Ryuji, one of the first friends you make in the game. Like, his backstory is probably the the one that sticks with me the most. Like, I have trouble... Uh, I'm a very antisocial person. I'm, I always have trouble making friends. But going into this game, um, having uh, all these people confide their problems to me and... Uh, 
solving all their problems with uh, the powers of Satan. Uh, yeah, that's that's all really good stuff. I really enjoyed that. Uh, and as uh, Justin uh, may have uh, mentioned, uh, I don't think he mentioned it here, but in his video, uh, Royal adds in a completely new uh, third semester, which is pretty much a, a new dungeon with uh, some... And a few new characters as well, uh, one of them being Kasumi, uh, which is one of my favorites. I absolutely adore her. And Dr. Maruki, who I will not really go into, but I will also say that he's great. Uh, yeah, uh, this game is... This game was so fun that even though it's over 100 hours, I beat it twice in the span of six months. And I just did not get tired of it in any of those times. And you I will go it back again and... for me. <laughs> yeah, I I played my second playthrough was in tandem with Justin's uh, first playthrough, and we were experiencing that together. So that was cool. I I really enjoyed that aspect as well. No, I meant you started it again to get me some footage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a third playthrough of right, the... New Game Plus. Yeah. So yeah, I'll definitely go through New Game Plus and uh, go for all the challenge battles, maybe do all the DLC challenges as well. This game single-handedly uh, made me a fan of the Persona series. In fact, you could say that I believe. And uh, who knows, in the future I might try out uh, the new Shin Megami Tensei whenever that comes out. Mm. And I'm also willing to give uh, the older Persona games a chance as well. <clears throat> Specifically uh, 3 and 4, because those are the only other Persona games that exist, <laughs> apparently. So, uh... Or I might just play through this one again. Who yeah. knows? We'll see. Two and one are completely different. The they don't have the, the sim life aspect to yeah. it. Yeah. Which is, for me personally, is a big deal. Like, that's the best part. They're also, like, yeah. strategy RPGs, aren't they? Yeah, they're, like, turn-based strategy tile. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. I will say that Royal doesn't make Yusuke a better character, unfortunately. He's still sus. You still can't date him. Yeah, which is weird, because he's he horny. But oh yeah, <laughs> um, he's so bland and uninteresting. I don't know why he'd... he's a blank canvas, if you will. Ah, never gets painted there. Haha. -ha. Um. <laughs> so my number one is uh, no surprise, but it is Ghost of Tsushima. Um. Ever since I was a little kid, uh, I love samurais, and I don't think I've ever played a real, like, real good quality samurai game. Like the the way the samurai games like were around, but they were not to the quality of what this is. Um, so you start off as a, a set, like the Mongols are invading uh, Japan. Tsushima is the uh, the first uh, line of defense, basically. It's the first island that they invade. Um, and I actually like went back and read a little bit of history. Um, spoiler alert: Mongols didn't take over. They take over. <laughs> um, <laughs> But anyways, uh, so you start off, you know, like, uh, storming uh, a Mongol's um, castle that he's taken over. Uh, you fail, you get your ass beat, a uh, woman picks you up, saves your life. Uh, she's also, like, a kick-ass person as well. Um, but from there, you end up, the RPG elements come into place where you're ev constantly evolving your character and evolving the way you play. Um, there's four different stances for the different types of uh, weapons in this game, and each one of them, um, it's like a rock paper scissors element. So like, this stance beats shields. This stance beats uh, 
uh, spears, um, and so forth. Uh, and every time I go, like, every time I go into a fight, I'm just, like, put into the mind of a samurai where, like, I'm, like, um, I'm constantly doing, like, reflections and stuff, like, I'm, like, Samurai X is, like, my favorite, <laughs> it's really hard for me to, like, share this, because I haven't talked about it, I don't think I've talked about it at all on the podcast, maybe once, um, but yeah, it puts me in the mind of, like, Samurai X and other, like, Samurai animes and stuff, where I'm just constantly put into the mind of, like, like, I used to grow up, like, play fighting, like, pretending I'm a samurai, where I took my dad's samurai sword, and I would, like, go into battles and stuff in my mind, but this, like, makes me live that, um, it's really cool, um, there's a, an ability, there's an ability that you can do where, like, if you do a perfect parry, you can just, like, instantly cut down guys, it's really cool, um, there's also standoffs, so, like, if you meet a group of enemies, you can just do a standoff, and, um, time when you have to release a uh, triangle to do a instant kill on an enemy, and then if you have an ability to, um, you can upgrade yourself so you can do that like to two other enemies that charge at you. And there's also different armor aspects. Um, if you wear a piece of armor, you can actually upgrade that to two more enemies. So you could basically take out a whole uh, like gang of uh, Mongols in like one second. It's it's crazy. Um, there's also like different um, like legends uh, in this game as well. So like uh, there's like a story that you hear about this famous um, samurai who knows his famous move. And you could go and um, try and learn it from him, but it, and it turns into a whole quest. Uh, I got one where I just do like three slashes, like really fast between enemies, like like it just kills them instantly. Um, it's it's like it's like this game is all style, man. It's so cool. Um, this uh this game is also like super cinematic. Uh, like I've probably posted a lot of screenshots on my Twitter uh, from this game, and. Uh, it's just like riding along the uh, the roads. It's like there's no HUD. It's just your character and the um and what's there. Uh, so it's like beautiful. It's a beautiful game for taking screenshots. Um, you can take screenshots all day in this game. It's great. Uh, the photo mode is really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I I just love this game, man. Um, also I like the way they handle side quests in this. So like, uh, you can go to your map and see a question mark, and you can go there if you want. Or if you're in a town, uh, there's somebody there with um, something they need to talk to you about, and you talk to them, and then that'll also put it in your quest as well. So it's like much more organic if you prefer that. Um, there's just so many things. There's a you can upgrade your uh, your health by bathing in springs. You can upgrade your your resolve, which allows you to do uh, allows you to heal yourself or uh, pull off uh, different moves. Um, and you do that by cutting down bamboo, which is basically just like a QTE thing that you have to memorize. Um, like Simon says, uh, it's just like everything in this game is just so samurai. Like it's 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 a real RPG that lets you like live in a samurai's uh, um, skin. There's also like Akuma. there's also <laughs> uh, an ability for actually just putting your way your sword or taking it out. Like there's like uh you swipe right on the on the touch pad for just doing that. <laughs> um so like they're very dedicated to being a samurai. Um there's also parts in this game where you can go and uh do a haiku. Like you you sit on this pad and you like stare at your surroundings. 
Uh, and for each haiku you make, you actually get a headband that's associated to the haiku. Um, it's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of... Do you write the haikus? Huh? Do you write the haikus? Yeah, you write them, yeah. Nice. Like, it's, like, predetermined text, but, like, you can, you can make them yourself. Hmm. Haikus are easy, but sometimes they don't make (laughs) sense. Refrigerator. (laughs) Great. Uh, um, yeah, what else is there in this? Um. Gosh, there's just, there's just so much. Um, I like, I haven't even unlocked the skill tree for dodging. Like I've unlocked a dodge, but I've been so busy on reflecting attacks, and it's like a lot easier than you might think it is. Um, all the different there's a whole bunch of different armor styles. Each one of them brings their own um, uh, abilities to it. So like one gives you more har- uh, health, armor. Uh, one gives you better uh, bow ability. The, I haven't even talked about the bows. Uh, the bows in this game are awesome. They feel really good. Uh, there's two different bows. There's a longbow and a shortbow. Shortbow does fire. Longbow does explosive uh, attacks. So, like, explosive arrows. Um, you can also just get uh, poison darts and stuff. Uh, that's the whole other part of the game that I haven't even talked about. Is like this. Like you can also play it as in, a, as in like, a Japanese Assassin's Creed. Like, we don't need Assassin's Creed <laughs> set in Japan anymore. You can make this that game. If you want, um, man, I fucking I love this game. I, it's probably one of my favorite games of all time, um, and it's all because it's like the it's like the samurai game that I've had in my mind since I was a kid, and I'm finally able to play that. And I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I think that's about it for me. Um, so there you go, everybody. That's our top ten. You've done this in two hours and 30 minutes. I think that's pretty good. Um, Yay! Justin, where can the people find you? I feel like I shortchanged my number one a little bit, but I forgot everything I said after I fell over. <laughs> or everything I was going to say, I mean, after. Anyway, um, I am... Uh, <laughs> who am I again? No, I'm kidding. I'm at zero score on uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Twitch... Um, my, my handle is like down here or something, right? Yep. It's basically that everywhere. Um, yeah, that's me. Like I said, I've got a Persona 5 video that's out now. Ben's great. Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelous for all things related to the marvelous one. Uh, my, I, I do. I am working on my newest video. I plan to have it out by the middle of the month on Legend of Zelda music because it's the 35th anniversary this year, and I wanted to do at least something for it. And so I'm going to talk about basically Zelda themes that kind of just stick to my memory uh, as we go along. Um, and then you can catch me live every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, every Sunday we'll be streaming Owlboy and. Um, despite Delirium, I think that was a first good stream. Unfortunately, hmm. Chrono Trigger wasn't, uh, didn't start, but that will start. Um, but look forward to that. Um, and then, of course, I do Atomic Shot with that genius right there. I don't know where he's positioned on the, uh, <laughs> on the screen. Uh, but we do Atomic Shot. Uh, we've been doing Atomic Shot since, um, March? No, in the summer of last year. Um, 
Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was around June. Yeah, June. Uh, we've, uh, we, we, did, we just come, we just recorded our first episode from Break, uh, which is Godzilla 2000. So, uh, if you're looking forward to that, God, Atomic Shock is officially back. But if maybe you haven't listened to Atomic Shock before, you have the entire Showa era and the Hasted era and a watch along that Justin joined us for, uh, in Godzilla 1988. So a lot of content there for you already. But, uh, if you want to just join us the up best for Godzilla the, movie, uh, some might say. If you just want to join us for starting with the Millennium Era, you're more than welcome to. Uh, by the time this comes out, uh, Godzilla 2000 will be out. And, uh, yeah, and Tyler, are, uh, Tyler and I already are making plans for what we're going to do after Atomic Shot. Nice. Tyler. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sThatTy. Uh, I don't really do Twitch stuff that much anymore uh, because now I am focusing on doing YouTube stuff. Um, I am in the process of, uh, making a new, uh, video series called Tie Your Shoes Reviews, where <laughs> nice. I review games that I feel like reviewing. In this case, I just want to talk about old school fighting games, so look forward to that when it comes. Uh, I'll definitely make that, uh, a direct link on my, uh, Twitter handle, so, yeah, look forward to that. I've also got Atomic Shot, as, uh, Ben said. Uh, Godzilla 2000 is on the way. Uh, it is all edited, and uh, it will be on the way very soon. And you can follow me, your host Thomas, on Twitter at CanePlayStuff. Also on Twitch is CanePlayStuff. You can visit our website, TriShot.com, for audio, video, written content. And you can review our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, t- please tell a friend. That's how our show grows. And uh, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, again, Apple Podcasts. And you can email me, Thomas at TriShot.com. Until then, guys, enjoy your games. Have a good night. Happy New Year! Happy New Year. Yay!